Listen, I'm here to make sexism work for me. <laughs> Period. And if she has a love interest, they are less likely to write her off the show. Exactly. I'm here to make sexism work for me. Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 26-year-old actor and artist. I like rooting anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I remember way too many details that no one else cares about. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere, and our fun fact for this episode is, if we haven't done this one already, what's your favorite musical? It seems like one that we would have done, but we, we can't remember. Have, but we can't remember, so who cares? Yeah. <laughs> so, since I went to school for theater and being in musicals. You know, I've never heard that about you before. <laughs> they have granted me the grace of allowing me to choose three instead of just one. <laughs> so my number one, and, and the main reason why I want to choose three, because my number one in all of everything is Hamilton. Sure. But I really feel that my love of Hamilton does not encapsulate how many musicals I have heard and listened to. Sure. It's just that Hamilton's the best one, you know? <laughs> so the next one that I'm going to choose is The Mystery of Edwin Drood. It is the musical that I was the main character in in, a, in college. It's really fun, and I would say that it is the one that I want to give, like, the award for story. And then the second one I wanted to give an award for music. Okay. And that one's going to... <laughs> I'm afraid of this answer now. I've changed my mind. Okay. <laughs> Number one, overall, Hamilton. Number two, also overall, Legally Blonde, which is another one that I've been in. Uh-huh. And then number There's a theme here, I think. And then number three goes to a tie <laughs> between Story Award goes to Mystery of Edwin Drood, Music Award goes to Heathers. Sure. That was... I was not expecting that one. That was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. The music is so good in Heathers. Yeah. It's so true. It, it really is. is. Yeah. yeah. So. We actually frequently listen to songs from yeah. Heathers. Mm -hmm. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 32-year-old artist and writer. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can find attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat and MILFs. This one's really hard because I do love a lot of musicals, but the thing that got me into musicals was Julie Andrews, mm -hmm. so I'm always partial to, like, her stuff because it's so nostalgic for me. Like, something like Victor Victoria, yeah. I think, has such great songs and, like, is a queer film. Yeah, um, I could have guessed that one if, if yeah, if I if yeah, I would, if, if I, I had given the opportunity, I would have guessed. I'm not yeah. done that. <laughs> I would also say that my other favorite is probably Chicago. Not because the characters are overly likable, but because the music is great. The music is great. The aesthetics are great. And then my honorable mention goes to Phantom of the Opera. It was the first thing I ever saw on Broadway, and um, I loved the movie. And now I love the movie for different reasons. <laughs> I still haven't seen a... I've never seen a show on Broadway. Me either. It's really... My my first one is Phantom, and I didn't know that the uh, chandelier dropped. So mm. imagine being, I don't know, 13, and just having no clue why the building was falling apart. Think, yeah, you're just like, I am witnessing a natural disaster. Right yeah. Now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was terrifying. But yeah, I had a great time. <laughs> I'm witnessing a natural disaster. And my name is Samantha Coley. I'm a 28-year-old television critic. I like over 40s of TPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at Sam Casey's where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. My favorite musical is Wicked. Hmm. I was obsessed with Wicked when I was like 19. It's because you're a gay person. Yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah. It's that one. Yeah. So my favorite is Wicked. Like if I'm thinking strictly of like Broadway recordings that I've listened to, if I go with favorite that I could count like a movie cast recording, I would go with Mamma Mia. Mm-hmm. So, those are my only two, like, ones that are for me. Yeah, Mamma Mia, yeah. Yeah. 
I can't stop thinking about 13-year-old Brittany being like, what am I going to tell people when they ask me, where were you when the rapture started? <laughs> and I was seeing fan of the opera. Yeah. <laughs> Brittany's like, that's what I'll tell people when they ask. <laughs> Today we have words to say about episode 518 of Riverdale, Next to Normal. So Next to Normal is a 2008 American rock musical. It centers on a mother who's struggling with worsening bipolar disorder and the effects that managing her illness has on her family. That's that's the main thing with it. Uh, I talked a little bit more about the actual musical at the end of last episode. Um, I had several predictions, so you guys can go check those out if you want. It's interesting because every other musical episode that they've done, they have named the episode after a lyric from the musical. Yeah, and this is, um, they were just yeah. like, hey, here's what it's called. They're like, this is, this is the musical. And, you know, the first time I saw it last night, <laughs> I was like, it feels clunky that we're talking about the actual musical so much. But then I realized that every other musical episode, it's been like, we are doing the musical and that's why we're yeah. singing it, you know? Yeah. So, like, it makes sense that they're, like, bringing it up so much. I but also... I would say in the other episodes, it was more organic. Because this, they were doing yeah, this. Yeah, sure. this... I also agree that I thought it was clunky. Yeah, but they can't do a musical this year, basically. I thought it was clunky but intentional for a different reason mm-hmm. because I... With the other three that they've done, the musical that they've chosen has been, I'd say, a little bit more popular than this one. Yeah, that's um, true. Because I had heard of all three of the other ones and heard songs from all three of the other ones mm-hmm. before, like, it being a thing on Riverdale. Mm-hmm. But I had never heard of Next to Normal until you brought it up, like, three podcasts ago. Yeah, and even I, as a musical person, um, really had only heard the name. And when I saw the name of the episode, I thought it was a completely different thing. Mm. Um, until I looked it up and I was like, oh. And so, like, I feel like they had to bring up the musical itself so many times and, mm-hmm. like, especially Betty with that exposition at the beginning. About what to, about, yeah. So that they, so that people who also, like us, do not know what the musical is know what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, like, for other, for the musicals they've done in the past, you didn't need that kind of context. That's true. Yeah. Especially because they, they are putting on the musical so they can tell you, like, these are the characters and this is what happens in the musical mm-hmm. because they're doing the musical. Right. So moving into thoughts from listeners really quickly, we got another email. Thanks for emailing us these days, guys. Yeah, I'm super we into it. truly love hearing from you. And we got an email from Elena. And, uh, she wrote, for milkshake cannon's sake, I wanted to point out during season three, Archie was in the wilderness. And when he came back to Riverdale, he ordered a peanut butter milkshake. And everyone was like, oh my God, Archie's not the same because he likes peanut butter now. And so if the sign was to point out an iconic Pops milkshake, why blueberry? You'd think that peanut butter and mint chip would be much more iconic or traditional to Pops. Never had a blueberry milkshake or thought it was most popular, but who knows? Maybe Pop Tate's a blueberry lover. I've also never had a blueberry milkshake. Me too. I don't know if I've ever even heard of a blueberry milkshake. I'm just not really into blueberries, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, blueberries are low on my list. So this was in in relation to the absolute nitpick uh, last episode of me seeing the sign of Pops milkshake flavors and then immediately a character drinking a milkshake flavor that wasn't one of those milkshake flavors. Um, I can't imagine you nitpicking something. I know. <laughs> I I understand that I'm pedantic and I own it, you know? Mm, gotcha. <laughs> um, but then Elena goes on, P.S. I looked it up and he actually gets a root beer float. <laughs> what? That's awkward. I feel like someone's had to have an order to peanut butter milkshake at some point. I know it's a prop, but I care. I love that Elena was like... I also care, queen. Yeah. <laughs> I love that Elena was like, listen, I specifically remember this detail wrong, but I'm going to email it to you anyway. And I appreciate that. That's some me behavior. You Alina, could, me and you were friends though. We could de- you could have deleted that email, but I'm glad that you didn't. <laughs> I'm glad that you were like, I'm going to own this mistake because I remember somebody drinking a peanut butter milkshake. 
I just don't remember when. But the point still stands that it, yeah. was, it was a different thing. Yeah. The yeah. point still stands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you to Elena for emailing us that. You guys can find our email in the de- description of every single podcast if you guys ever want to chat with us. Um, uh, We appreciate you. We do. Yeah. Truly. Now we're going to go into Tudor Boot. Um, if this is the first time you're listening, Tudor is good, Boot is bad. There are things on either side of that and even a thing in the middle, but those are the two main ones. Brittany, Tudor Boot. Toot. It was um, an actual good episode of television. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it a Toot as well, and I would even say it's my second favorite of the musicals. Nothing beats Carrie, but mm-hmm. uh, this was very good, and I cried multiple times. I completely agree. Uh, I would say that ultimately this is probably my second favorite of the musical episodes. However, it is third. Wait, I'm going to say that it's second also in like the actual music rather than like the episode as a whole. Mm. But Heather's is first on that one because Heather's has such good music. I respect that. Um, yeah, I'm definitely also going to give it a toot. I enjoyed myself. I, especially because I had made those predictions at the end of last episode, I was yeah. able to keep a tally of how many things I got right, which she I really enjoyed. kept it running as we watched it. I was very excited. So, yeah, I had a good time. And it has been a while since I gave a toot to a musical episode, I think. Because I definitely gave a boot to, uh... What was the last one? It was Hedwig, and I definitely... Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I gave that, that one a boot as well. Yeah. That, that, one's, that one's on the bottom for... Both lists. Uh, across the yeah. board, yeah. yeah. That was the most homophobic thing I've ever seen. <laughs> you guys- I'd rather you just call me a slur. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, however, really enjoyed uh, podcasting with you guys about it, so if you guys want to go back and re- listen to that one, feel free to do so. Okay, this episode had so many moving pieces that we just decided to do it chronologically again, and next episode's the finale, so we'll probably be doing that one chronologically as well. So. It's true. Get used to it. Uh, I did the first third for the summary. At the White Worm, all of Betty's friends have gathered to give her support. She tells them that Alice is really struggling and has just been listening to her record of the Next to Normal soundtrack over and over. Alice has been hallucinating slash envisioning her happy family life that she always wanted with Polly and Charles. A happy version of Betty is also there. Normal Betty walks in, finds her looking at old photo albums. She tries to talk to her, but Alice leaves. Veronica and Archie go to bed that night, wondering what they can do to help. Veronica asks Archie if he wants to move in together, and he says yes, but Veronica's kind of caught off guard when Archie wants to stay in his own house. The next day, Weatherby tells Tony that Britta was found living under the stairs in the school. Tony says she'll do something to help her. She brings in the iconic Miss Weiss, a social worker extraordinaire, who has room for Britta for a couple of days. Betty asks Alice if she wants to go on a hike with her, but Alice says no, and they sing a song about mountains. Sure. Tabitha shows her parents her diner, and they do not seem very impressed. She asks if they want to eat at Pops for Mother's Day, but they already made reservations somewhere else. Tabitha invites Jughead to the dinner as her boyfriend. Later, Jug says that he would be Tabitha's real boyfriend if she wanted. They sing Brazen. about it. <laughs> they sing about it and kiss at the end. Alice has another vision of she, Betty, and Polly playing the piano together. Betty asks her if she wants to have dinner with Veronica and Archie next door, but she says she's making Polly's favorite. Veronica makes fancy dinner for Archie, Frank, and Jughead, but before they can eat, Frank and Archie have to go take a fire call, and Jughead bounces out of an awkward situation, which I can't help but respect him for. Mm-hmm. Veronica sings about how she feels invisible in the house. Okay. Not a lot happens in this episode, first. Of all. Honestly, yeah. not really. I think I think that the the few things that are that we do want to talk about, we will talk about for a while. But ultimately, there's not that much. That like the funny on. the funny thing is the the musicals every time have like a really big relationship decisions mm-hmm. happen. But that's all that happens between all the songs. Yeah. Is, Somebody breaks up and somebody gets together. And that happens every musical, I think. Yeah, I agree. That it's like, they kind of just like, I think that this one was done in a way that I really didn't care for Heather's. It's very similar to Carrie. I've said before that like the way, the reason why I loved the Carrie musical so much is because it felt like they knew where they needed the characters to be. 
so that the Carrie the Musical episode would work, mm-hmm. yeah. and then they slowly moved the characters into that spot yeah. so that it would be good for when it happened. Mm-hmm. And the Heather's Musical really felt like they were like, like, the episode before, they were like, oh, let's do this so that the Heather's Musical works. You the know what Heather's I mean? Musical, they just threw shit at a wall and hoped it worked. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they didn't. The musical, it's a great musical. Is it a great musical episode? No. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it honestly... Yeah. 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 But this one, this one really worked, I think. I completely agree. I think that they really, like, masterfully put them into place just like they did with Carrie. So I was really yeah. pleased about that. And not only that, but, like... There was actual emotional stakes and everything that Mm -hmm. happened here, because they put them into place in a way that was more organic, everything felt, it didn't feel like it was cheap. Yeah, Yeah. you know? This felt like probably the most genuine musical we've had. Yeah. Like, it didn't feel like they were doing all of these things like Alice, just for drama. Yeah. And, like, Alice's grief and, like, this way of processing felt really earned, I think. 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah I liked it a lot, actually. I mean, was it a huge advertisement for Next to Normal? Yeah, but Broadway needs the advertising. Right I don't now. think Next to Normal's on, uh, I don't think it's open anymore. Really? No, I think it, I think it closed a while ago, as far as I understand, but. I guess the pandemic. I mean, Broadway right? just yeah. reopened, like, last week. Yeah, but I feel like. Good point. It might have closed a while ago. Hold on. Well, I feel like um, you're a butthead. So. <laughs> I'm a butthead? Yep. Mm-hmm. I would rather not be a butthead. It looks like the last production, it was off-Broadway 2008. It was on Broadway 2009, and they did a U.S. tour in 2010, and that's... So and this is an old-ass musical. that this was as old as that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the tour concluded in July 2011, and then the mm-hmm. Broadway production closed in 2011 as well. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. All right. So it's this, it's an advertisement for you to listen to the cast recording, I guess. <laughs> Someone in that writer's room just actually really liked that. Yeah. So Fangs gives Betty drinks on the house, and as far as I understand, it's just like, it's just Betty who's getting drinks, not everybody else, because Betty's the one whose sister just died. So it, they're at the White Worm, and uh, Veronica, Archie, Jughead, Tabitha, Cheryl, Tony, Fangs, Reggie, and Kevin are all here. And I absolutely love all of these people, like, all of them, all coming together to support Betty. Yeah. yeah it's that really was so sweet. nice. Yeah. It's, like, everyone. Yeah. It's nice to actually be able to see the whole cast. Mm-hmm. This, uh, like, opening scene, like, made me cry with, mm-hmm. like, Cheryl and mm-hmm. just being so nice. Yeah, exactly. So they, they say, how are, how are the twins doing? And they're, like, she's, like, okay, surprisingly. Cheryl's taking care of them. Oh, Cheryl has the twins. Mm-hmm. So if Cheryl took in the twins, it makes sense that she then would take in somebody else. It feels like at the end of the episode that, like, maybe the twins would go back to Alice now, though, and she'd be left alone with Britta. Yeah, I um, also thought yeah, that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think that's the implication at the end of the episode. Yeah. The twins have been asking about Polly, and Cheryl said that she was somewhere close and she was somewhere beautiful, and that they, uh, put out, like, a hummingbird feeder, and they're just, like, waiting for her to come in. And that's visit. sweet. It's really sweet. Yeah. And you know what? She did a really good job of, like, talking to them about it. Um, you know, as somebody who's lost her father and lost her brother and everything, I mm-hmm. guess she, like, knew what people would want to hear or what would be helpful because it's, you know, their children mm-hmm. and it's their mother. It's actually really sad. I didn't think about the fact that, like, Cheryl would absolutely relate to their trauma. Yeah. It. I think that's part of, like, what made me cry at the beginning of this one is just because, like, Cheryl was only 17 when Jason died, mm-hmm. I think. And so, like, she would also have, like, been a child, basically. Not as young mm-hmm. as as these two are, but it's still, it's just really sad how many people are grieving on this show, and I think that's something they should maybe remember mm-hmm. more often, and it worked here. Also, I completely, I keep forgetting that the the twin's dad is Jason, like, mm-hmm. who's also dead. 
Yeah. So, like, they're officially orphans now. Yeah. So, Betty says that Alice is doing really bad, and she won't leave the house and keeps listening to the Next to Normal soundtrack. She says that the three of them went to see the show one year for Mother's Day, which, of course, it's Mother's Day in the episode. They mention it, like, twice, though. For some reason, I thought that it would be more, like, prevalent that it was Mother's Day. Um, I think they maybe had to mention it multiple times because whatever the, um filming schedule and stuff, like, panned out to be put this episode in September. Yeah. And not, like, May. May, yeah. So she explains what the show is about. It's about a family that was pretty similar to theirs. The mom wants a normal, perfect family, but she's, like, lying to herself. The parents are growing apart. She fights a lot with the daughter, and one of her kids is dead. But she says that it's a beautiful show, and that they had a really fun time seeing it, and she just, like, won't stop listening to it. Can't blame her. Yeah. It's it's an interesting commentary on how comforting media can be to mm-hmm. escape into. Yeah. Yeah. So they sing Just Another Day. It's Alice and her, like, perfect family in her life. She says husband's boring and to be honest i really thought that hal was like gonna show up this episode i'm very glad he did i really like that he's no longer part of this like happy life and happy vision that she has for her yeah yeah for herself i love that i feel like if they had been able to get skeet to come back he Mm. would have been there Mm -hmm. but i also think it works fine without having like dad husband figure around at all i almost think it would hurt more if they brought him back and she like stared lovingly into his eyes and then he like evaporated in front of her you know like i'd be like oh i'm in pain (laughs) i do wish they would at least like acknowledge what happened because they still haven't yeah we still don't know why alice and fp aren't together yeah like they're from our perspective you could still be assuming that they were like long distance because they they just haven't acknowledged it at all and they didn't leave on bad terms mm-hmm. no it's they left so... on pretty epic terms it's confusing yeah. because i'm like he is like something ha- they're they're trying to tell me that he's like just around or whatever so that they can bring him back but what you're telling me is that something bad happened to him because he'd be there for jughead he'd be there for alice you exactly. know exactly so you have to tell me what happened to him because it seems like either he died or something horrible happened to him so that he can't go places exactly. you know like they're trying to tell me oh he's fine it's just we just don't want to use him right now or whatever yeah but what Im- what's implied is that these characters that he cares about are in trouble and he's not here so yeah. you have to give me an excuse or else i think something bad happened yeah exactly yeah so we see charles in his football jacket and like sweet little cheerleader polly my next note after this was i was like oh i didn't know that wyatt could sing but i guess it's like a qualification that you have to have to like be on the show or whatever i thought the same thing later when britta sings because she can mm-hmm. sing very well but then i realized because i went on the spotify and polly and charles as far as i can tell are the only ones unless like some of the main cast like have a voice double and just like aren't it's not allowed to be said on spotify or whatever or whatever secret or whatever but wyatt and tiara are not credited on spotify two other people are oh okay so they didn't so they did not sing for themselves i believed it though yeah i believed it too like Mm. they convinced me when we were watching so acting 10 out of 10 lip syncing good job Mm. yeah also um if you go on spotify and you like one of the songs Almost all of the songs are extended, so yeah. you can get the full song on Spotify. And I said, thank you. And I said, thank you. So there's also this, like, fake 50s version of Betty as well, and they're, like, throwing popcorn hee-hee. Mm-hmm. It's um, very cute. Mm-hmm. But then the record starts skipping, and so we got, like, this kind of sort of, like, creepy... I thought it was really well done, like, because, yeah. um... Because they also have, like, Machen plays it in, in, like, she sort of is, like, aware that it's skipping, and she, like, is saying the same thing over and over. And um, with the skips, you see Betty and Polly and Charles, like, move the same way, like, they're glitching as well. And it was, like, really 
well acted, I thought. And so Betty finds her looking at a photo album and she's like watching home videos of Polly and everything. I have a complaint about that later is that every single time she goes in there, that same home video is being played of Polly. And I'm like, watch a different one. You only got one? Yeah, like, you have all these pictures. (laughs) You only have one video? So Veronica and Archie, I believe, are at the Pembroke. Veronica says she feels really bad for Alice and Polly. And Archie's like, oh, I want us to do something. But Veronica's like, all we can really do is like be on standby for whatever they need. If they need something, they'll come to us. Um, So let's just do our own storyline. So Veronica asks if Archie wants to move in together. And Archie's like, oh, cool. That's fine. Yeah, like I'm into it. But like, I do have roommates. And Veronica's like, oh, I thought we would move to my bougie apartment that we just renovated. And Archie's like, my house is bigger. And also my friends live there. (laughs) I think it's kind of strange that Archie's implication of like, we could grow into it sort of implies that like, he would have kids with her. Yeah. And they seem not, I mean, they clearly, they break up by the end of the episode, so, like, they're not there. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was a strange way to suggest that. I also thought that. It's just that Veronica was already married, and so when she, like, comes into a new relationship, you know, we're in our 20s now, so, like, that's something we have to think about. And so I feel like it really depends on the person, but when someone, like, implies that they're going to have children with you and, like, it's going to be forever or whatever, that can either be, like, (laughs) whoa, or it can be, like, Aw, he's thinking, like, either, and it seemed like yeah. she took it as a, oh my gosh, he, like, does think it'll be forever. <laughs> yeah. Which is, like, it's insane because both of them clearly have such separate lives. Mm-hmm. They're not interested in sharing their lives. And she yeah. figured that out this episode. Yeah. 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 But it's just wild to me that, like, Veronica still, after all this time, expects him to always fit into her life. Yeah. Not the other way around. I like that they got to the point, though, of her realizing that they're so different, because we've been saying it all season. Like, they have nothing in common anymore, and, like, neither of them seemed to realize that, because Mm -hmm. they were just having sex. Mm -hmm. And, like, I think it was very important that Veronica come to this conclusion, and I think it does make sense that she would offer to move in with Archie, or, like, for him to move in with her, because they're in their 20s, and, like, He's someone that she's known for a very long time and, like, that she likes. It, it makes sense that she would make that step mm-hmm. faster than she would in a different relationship. Mm-hmm. And I, I I just, I don't know, I like the way that they came to this conclusion because yeah. it was the conclusion that I wanted them to come to. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought it was really well well done. Like, I'm down for, for Varchi to have gotten back together last episode so that we could have this end to Varchi because I think it was really well done. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted Varchi to end and I'm just glad that it's over. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, now, if y'all go back on this... Six episodes into season whatever. You will be hearing will, from me. You'll, I'm hear, gonna, you're yeah. hearing from my lawyers. I'm going to be mad, but I'm not going to be surprised. <laughs> so Archie's like, oh, let's move into my house instead. And she's like, <laughs> okay. Sure. Archie is so clearly not ready to have a live-in girlfriend. Mm-hmm. He has his own life. Yeah. And she's like, her aesthetic is like so deeply not his aesthetic and not that house, you know? But she's so desperate to have a partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't really care who it is, and Archie's safe. Like, it is pouring. Can you pull it up a little bit? Yeah, I, I, I want to pull it up. Oh my god! Is that somebody? I wonder if that's from the rain that someone's car Holy going sh- off. This is not normal. You guys, if you can I love hear, it. if you guys can hear that car going off, it just it just stopped. But it is pouring rain right now in Vancouver. And that it is, is insanely pouring. Not normal for here. Usually, it's just a light drizzle all day. Yeah. 
I love when it pours, though. Mm-hmm. I love the vibe. I yeah. love hearing it, too. If mm-hmm. you guys can hear the rain, you probably can't. Because <laughs> we're loud most. Yeah, because we're loud, and also this is, like, a microphone that is meant to specifically pick up just our voices. <laughs> but you're welcome. What were we talking about, like, before the rain? Uh, we were talking about Veronica moving into Archie's house and how her aesthetic is not that house. And um, uh, Brittany said that she, like, desperately needed to have a partner all the time. Yes. I am all for Veronica and Reggie, and I've been, like, saying Veronica and Reggie since Veronica and Reggie broke up the last time. Yeah, I think they got Um, together in season three, and I was into it. And I like that the end of this episode seems to indicate that they're going to explore that again. Mm -hmm. Um, And next week's trailer. Yeah. But I do think Brittany is right in that Veronica is always, like, Mm. losing herself in a partner, and I would like to see them, like have her find herself and, like, who she is without being attached to anybody. And I will say, like, it is kind of obvious that the show... (laughs) The world doesn't want us to record this podcast. (laughs) It's just ambient noise. I'm just gonna talk through it. It it seems obvious (laughs) to me that... Shut up. (laughs) And then a truck started beeping. Okay. Okay, it seems obvious to me. The show basically remolded Reggie's character to be Veronica's ideal man. They just Mm. did it really slowly. They did it really well. Yeah, I agree. They totally did it well. Like, that's that's him, you know? Like, I I believe it. Because they did it as such a long con this Mm. season, it worked. Mm -hmm. Because, like, before the time jump, Reggie's just your average himbo, basically. And then he he doesn't really have much of a character beyond hot and stupid. Yeah. Can't complain. Which, like... You love it. But they really, like, they made him more of a dynamic character this yeah. season and, like, gave him that, like, backstory of, of seeking a father figure and, like, finding it in Hiram and then finding his own, like, ground for who he wants to be with Veronica. And I think that's really nice. I think, uh, I think it works well and I like them together. Mm-hmm. So. And there's also, like, even though I can't imagine high school Reggie getting into stocks because of how they've built this Reggie, I'm like, yeah, it kind of makes sense, like, You'd be addicted to that money. Yeah. Like, to yeah. that rush. And, like, also, Reggie seems like somebody who hasn't had, like, a lot in life. Mm-hmm. And, and no so, one's like, ever told him he was good at anything yeah. other than football. And so, like, now he finds something that he's not only good at and, like, enjoys doing, but it's something that can make him a lot of money and he can, like, enjoy a lifestyle that he's never had the op- mm-hmm. opportunity to enjoy mm-hmm. before. Yeah, I do, I think that you make a great point about Veronica always needing a partner, Brittany, because that's something that I was really complaining about with Archie, especially in season one, but, like, continuing on after that, is that, like, he's constantly bouncing from girlfriend to girlfriend, and I'd love to see him be by himself, and so now I I echo that statement now. And it's like, now that we've seen Archie be by himself... He's so much better he's on his so own. He's so great. When he's yeah. in a relationship, I'm like, you're annoying. <laughs> like, you're annoying, and I don't like you, and can you just go back to being single? Thank you. Yeah, can you go back to working on the infrastructure of the town and not... Never mind. <laughs> and not banging Veronica? Yeah. <laughs> that being said... Not worry about the infrastructure of someone's insides. <laughs> oh, oh. That being said, with both Betty and Archie saying, I'm sticking around Riverdale for a very long time mm-hmm. in this episode, and then making out next episode, I'm not complaining. Eyes I'm emoji, not complaining. And also, sorry, Betty's the type of girl where if he was like, there's a fire, Betty would be like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Betty wouldn't care about making a seven-course meal. Yeah. And then being sad when he left. Exactly. <laughs> Betty would not make it. If Betty made a seven-course meal, she would be like, okay, I'm just gonna go eat it with my mom. Yeah. Yeah. Alice would have made the meal. Yeah. Betty would have helped with one of the dishes. (laughs) 
The only other note that I had about this scene was just that, like, there's no way Veronica, like, got rid of the apartment, though, because, like, I assume she just goes back to it. Oh, oh my god, yeah. if she ever like, got rid of that apartment, I would cry. Yeah. That yeah. bathroom alone. So Weatherby tells Tony that Britta needs help because she's been living under the stairs, and their current janitor, Mr. Poppins, found her. Um, <laughs> so that's where Jughead lived, like, in season one, I think. But once again, I do have to say, every time we talk about this little closet underneath the stairs, there have been so many dead bodies under there. Yeah. Principal Featherhead was there for like a week. Yeah. I'm sorry, but God. So Tony says she's going to figure out something for Britta. To be honest, I thought that the end game here was that she and Fangs were going to house her. Was going to, we're going to house Britta. Yeah, I thought that that as well. Yeah. Um, I like what they decided to do, but I, uh, but that's what I thought originally. So she calls Ms. Weiss, and I was so excited to see her because Ms. Weiss is a character that nobody cares about that I always care about because they are very consistent with who the social worker is in Riverdale, you yeah. know? So Britta says that her family kicked her out and said that, that she got kidnapped by those crazy brothers because of her, like, deviant gay lifestyle. That made me sad. Yeah. Um, I did remember that deviant was one of the words that was used in the, like, very first Shoney scene. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, along with sensational or like those two yeah. like, big words that they use so I like really kind of liked that moment and so she says you're perfect she doesn't say you're sensational but she does say you're perfect to uh, to Britta and it's a good parallel slash like reflection on mm-hmm. that moment and how like Tony's still a very helpful little like gay fairy godmother mm-hmm. <laughs> And so Britta's going to live with Ms. Weiss for a while. She's, she has, like, a lot of foster children that she's hanging out with. And it's just for a while. It's not like I'm hanging out with Ms. Weiss forever. So Alice is still looking at pictures. And Betty says, hey, do you want to come on a hike? And she says, no. Do you remember our ski trip? And then they sing, I miss the mountains. So that is one point for the bird. Yep. That's me. Mm-hmm. I specifically guessed that they would sing, I miss the mountains. Thank you. So Betty tries to remind Alice that it wasn't, like, the perfect memories that she remembers, that there was also, like... Like, sad things that happened. Yeah, sad things and pain. And we wanted to say thank you. We have been asking all season for you to let Lily sing big. Yeah! Every musical to let Mm -hmm. Lily sing big. Because Lily can sing. Yeah. I've I've said it every single musical uh, that Lily is the most talented of the singers that they have on the show. Yeah. And she really showed it off this episode. And I was like, thank you. Mm -hmm. That's what I've been saying. Yeah, my my last note was just, man, that one video of Polly's on repeat on that TV. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know, just, uh, I really like every single song that Lily does this yeah. episode. Mm-hmm. We kind of just have, like, you know, that, that song took up a bunch of time, but we kind of just have to move on from it because, uh, you know, nothing happened and, and then it happened. So Tabitha shows her parents the diner. I wish we had gotten names for her parents. I like when we name characters. Yeah, I noticed that it was just, you know, mom and dad. Mm-hmm. They do not seem very impressed with this, like, huge undertaking that she has taken. And I'm like, I don't really care for you. I know. I was just yeah. like... Okay, you are not the son of Pop Tate that I would have been. Exactly. I was like, you are no offspring of Pop. Right. Sir. Like, I, I get wanting to leave Riverdale yeah. because, like, wanting to leave a small town and, like, not really, like, associate yourself with it is fine. Sure. Whatever. But Pop's is a very respectable business and it's, like, just an iconic place that you can say, like, that you were a part of and you don't, you're not even proud of your daughter for, like, continuing to build it and grow it and, like, expand it with all of her big smart knowledge that she got when she was in Chicago. Exactly. And I'm also like, what? Like, is that, are you hoping that she doesn't do that? Because what happens after that? Like, Pop can't retire until another Tate takes over. Yeah. Yep. So what is he supposed to do? Just live forever? <gasps> our theory yeah. Our theory about uh, immortal Pop Tate comes true. Honestly, 
our minds. So Tabitha says, can we have dinner at Pops for Mother's Day? They're like, can we go to an Italian restaurant and sit instead? <laughs> I'm like, really? Italian? Yeah. It's called Cucina Sacasa, and that's the restaurant that Vito were I was gonna at. ask you that! Yeah, um, <laughs> and also it's funny because, well, Cucina means kitchen, and then uh, Sacasa is, Ro- is Ra- Ross's last name. Oh, that's funny. Oh, oh I like that! And so Tabitha's like... Really? Because I've been working on this for literal years, and I'm your daughter, and it's weird that you, like, aren't proud of me about this. And they just, like, are like, meh. Eh. Yeah. Not impressed with her at all. I and I'm that. like, you know what? I'm impressed with you. I think you're amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's really cool what she's, like, done, and, like, how she's grown the business, and, like, kept up Pop's legacy. And they're just like, okay, can we leave? And I'm like, you guys don't deserve her. Yeah. It, and it's it's annoying extra because, like, everything that she's doing is so impressive. Yeah. And, like, amazing. And I'm like, what? So she's like, well, Dad, you grew up here. And he's like, yeah, and it sucked. And I got out of here. And like I said, like we just said, sure, I don't believe that Pop Tate raised you. Like, but I, like, like, also, I get wanting to leave Riverdale because bad things happen in Riverdale. But Pop Tate was a good guy. And you can't tell me that you had a, a an overly bad childhood when Pop was your dad. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But if Pop was at the restaurant all the time and not Ooh, at <gasps> Oh, home, like Bob and his dad on Bob's Burgers. Yeah. Like making his kids like like Bob's dad was like making Bob work all the time, didn't let him have toys, constantly had to like do stuff. I I get how their resentment builds. Yeah. So Tabitha's like, hmm, despite my parents, I'm gonna say, Jughead, you're coming. And Jughead immediately picks up on the plan. Like, she's like, hey, is that okay with you, Jones? And he's like, hmm, yep, yes, I'm available. (laughs) Uh, What food? Um, are you guys paying? (laughs) And so they're like, uh, why would this random busboy come? (laughs) I love... I love, like, thinking about it from their perspective, that they're just like, why are you asking this random man? Who is this man? And she's like, well, he's my boyfriend. This is a fake dating AU, which is super fun, but also they've already done this, which is extra fun, that they're doing more fake dating. I'm I'm honestly thrilled. Is it going to work this time? And it does. It does. So then Jughead and Tabitha are, like, cleaning up people's tables and stuff, and Jughead eats someone's leftover food. That's the boy I know. Yeah. That's Jughead right there. That's also the food service industry in a nutshell. Yeah. Okay, so this was pointed out on our Discord that we see Jughead has a new tattoo on his arm. Oh, yeah. Or at least one that we haven't seen before or at least haven't been paying attention to. It's like a heart with like a banner on it and it looks like there's three letters put on there. And we were like, okay. I was like, as long as it doesn't say mom, unless it's ironic. Because you don't have a great relationship with your mom, and I yeah. don't feel like you should do that. Our friend Isra on the Discord was like, what if it says pop? <laughs> oh my god, that would be really cute, though. I, I was like, that's adorable. Uh, do you think it was Jughead's new tattoo or Cole's new tattoo? It didn't look like something that Cole would do, because it's, like, too, it's too, like, mainstream, you know what I mean? Like, okay. It's too, like, classic ta- yeah. era tattoo. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, like, a heart with a name on it. Mm-hmm. Thing. I'm gonna say it's Archie's initials. Okay. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, Dave was like, what if it's like, what if it just said her? It was edgy. Her. Yeah, he would I'm do that. I'm actually not yeah. bad at that. Yeah. So she's like, listen, I just wanted you to come to sort of like be a middleman. And he's like, sure, also, I could be your real boyfriend. And Tabitha's like, mm, I'm into th- I'm into it. I'll think about it. <laughs> and so Jughead sings, perfect for you. And that's two points for the bird. Mm-hmm. You're really nailing it so far. Like, I want to take credit, but I'm also like, the ones that I'm getting are so obvious. 
I don't know Just how Just because they're obvious doesn't mean that any of us would have gotten it. Yeah. And then um, Jughead and Tabitha kiss. Yay! Yay, finally. Yeah. So next we have the happy Cooper girls singing uh, everything else at the piano. We get, like, ponytail old school Betty. And then it was really cool, kind of really, like, creepy that, like, present Betty shows up in the background while you can still see, like, Alice's vision of Betty. It's mm-hmm. deeply weird. And she sees it from the back and Alice is alone at the piano. And Betty's like, hey, just a question. We didn't own a piano. <laughs> So, like, did you bring that piano here? She says that she bought it off Glamazon. Glamazon? I, you know what? It never occurred to me that you could buy pianos off of Amazon. Glamazon? That's why I was like, first of all, can you order such large things on Amazon? I'm sure you can. Next, RuPaul is suing you. I was about to say, have they said Glamazon on this show before? I don't I think so. They do the renaming, and they did it, like, three or four times in this episode. Mm. But Glamazon absolutely sent me, and also absolutely made me think of RuPaul. Yeah, I was like, okay, that one's new, but I can't believe that we got all the way to the end of season five, and we didn't have an Amazon equivalent until now? I mean, are you sure they haven't said that before? I'm pretty sure. I feel like I would have noticed Glamazon. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's true. Also, I feel like Glamazon is a really bad marketing choice for an Amazon-like company. Because because most of the things you buy on Amazon are not glamorous. Yeah. Also, like, you know that, like, men aren't going to be like, I'm not buying something off something called Glamazon. (laughs) You know? It's bad marketing. (laughs) All right. Fair enough. So Alice says that she's the one who taught them to play piano. Didn't know any of you could play piano. I'm like, what? where is all of this new information coming from? Never mind, I did know that they could play piano because didn't Betty play piano? Oh no, didn't Veronica play piano? Like with the Archies? Last musical episode? Betty had the tambourine, like Betty always does in the comics. And uh, Veronica's done it in the... Uh, Kevin played the piano. Veronica didn't... Wasn't Veronica on keyboard or Hermione on keyboard in Midnight Club? Oh Yeah. Okay, whatever. I didn't know Betty could play piano. <laughs> I didn't know Alice could play piano. I didn't know anyone could play piano. So Betty asks if she wants to go to dinner with Archie and Veronica uh, at their house. And, you know, it's you're like, oh, they would have dinner with Archie and Veronica. That's nice. And then next scene when you see them, I'm just like, Alice would be also having dinner with Jughead and Frank. Oh, yeah. Ooh. We're like, hello. <laughs> we want our crumbs. Hello there. I just, like, I just want her to be happy. That's it, you know? You know what? I'm, obviously, nothing will top snake parents. Mm-hmm. Nothing. No. Especially on this show. In but, my heart. like, There's I just, just want to see Alice happy and smooch somebody. Yeah. That's all I want. I'm an easy-to-please person. Listen, I'm here to make sexism work for me. <laughs> Period. And if she has a love interest, they are less likely to write her off the show. Exactly. I'm here to make sexism work for me. And you're right Thank for you. that. And you're right for that. Thank you. Um, so Alice is like, no, I don't want to go and do that because I'm making meatloaf, which was Polly's favorite. Polly, please, I'm begging, have better taste. Meatloaf is disgusting. Meatloaf is disgusting. Like, I've had good meatloaf before and I still would never choose it. Like, yeah. My mom makes... Uh, like, a pretty good meatloaf, except I don't eat it as meatloaf. I eat it, I, like, cut off a slice and then I eat it as a hamburger. Yeah, that's fair. Which I think is much smarter. So, like, I just, like, but but if she gave me an option, I would never choose meatloaf. Right. Because I'm just eating it as a burger anyway. <laughs> yeah. Meatloaf feels like one of those wartime meals that somehow is, like, inexplicably survived to now. Fruit well, cake. it's one of those things that, like, it seems like it's, like, pretty easy to make with, mm-hmm. like, f- ingredients that you already have. Yeah. Yeah, more time. Yeah, I guess that's like why I'm saying I'm this. I'm trying to say I guess that's why it survived. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When, like why because it has it's that. because it's also like a very uh, it's a very non-controversial meal, sure. like like spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, it's like simple things with simple ingredients that no one's like. This is my favorite thing in the world, uh, but it's also nobody says that. 
But uh, nobody also really says, this is disgusting, I'm never gonna eat this. That's Polly's literally me. Favorite. That's me. I f***ing hate meatloaf. I mean, I also hate meatloaf, but it's also like, I guess if you put meatloaf in front of me, I'll eat it. Yeah, that's Fair all enough. I got. So, at the Andrews residence, Veronica made chicken cordon bleu for everyone, which is way too fancy for everyone at that table. Right? And then starts making jokes about Ina Garten, and I'm like, I'm like, I get this joke, but they don't get no this No one joke. understands her reference. No. And so, yeah, it's Archie Frank and Jughead, and so I assume that, like, Eric is in the hospital, but, like, if he is, say something, you know? Yeah, where is Eric? I, I'm under the impression that he's dead if you don't say anything, <laughs> you know? So, Archie Well, they Frank, had to pay Tierra and, like, Charles and stuff yeah. to, like, come back for this episode, mm-hmm. so they probably, like, didn't want to pay Eric, because he's, yeah. like, you know, to balance it out, probably. And that's fine, but throw me a line <laughs> so that I know what, what's up with him. So they get a fire call, Archie and Frank leave, and Jughead and Veronica are now just, like, sitting at the table awkwardly, and it, every single time they're stuck together, I am reminded of, like, Jughead's birthday party in season one, where he's like, I don't, or like, I think also maybe in the Lodge Lodge episode, Jughead has been like, I don't know Veronica. I hardly it's know Veronica. It's funny. We're, I'm not really friends with Veronica, I don't know her, basically. And it's funny because you're like, wow, you're right, they never put those two characters together, they just don't hang out, because they're so different, and like, yeah, they're just like, they don't really vibe. They have even less in common than Veronica and Archie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. However, when they put those two together, because I had no idea that, like, Veggie or anything was going to happen, because we haven't gotten that scene with Reggie yet, uh-huh. um, I was just like, hey, is this going to awaken something in them? Whatever, <laughs> you know, it's not, it's something else. It's something new. Jughead just kissed Tabitha, but... And then Jughead immediately gets up and leaves, and it's It was so tackled. good. It was so good. He, like, I just, I can't help but respect him for being like, I'm leaving, and Veronica not even being like, ah! What? Like, she was just like, yeah, bye. Because <laughs> she also didn't want to hang out with him. I'm just like, this kind of, it's like, I know it's a joke, but this is such a failure of the writers. Mm-hmm. That, that, Jughead and Veronica just don't talk or... Yeah! Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At this point, they've leaned into it, though. And no one got called a little bitch this episode. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? That is gross. Gross. <laughs> so Veronica sang Superboy and the Invisible Girl. This was not in the aired episode. No, it wasn't. But this makes total sense with the storyline. It's Yeah. Great. I, I wish that they hadn't had to cut yeah. stuff... Like, they, they cut two scenes that show up on Netflix in Canada mm-hmm. that weren't in the episode that aired on yeah. the CW. And I hope they're available somewhere in the U.S. for people to see, yeah, too. I, yeah, I was about to say the uh, same thing. Because, like, like, it doesn't go up on Netflix in the U.S. the next mm-hmm. day. So I hope, like, on the CW app they included say, them or something. Yeah. Because both scenes, I think, are very important. Very important. And they, especially and the other one. they explain something that happens later yes. in the episode that mm-hmm. seems a little abrupt yes. if you don't have the scene that happened. Yes. <laughs> I'm just like... I guess I can't pick any other scenes that you would take out. No, uh, like, I, I, I don't know why they couldn't. Like, it's not that much longer. It's yeah. not like the episode is 50 minutes or something. Yeah. And you would have had to, like, cut several minutes out for yeah. like, commercial and time. Mm-hmm. But, like, they only had to cut, like, three minutes. Three minutes, is it? And it's strange that they didn't just, like, have two less commercials. Like, mm-hmm. just put another Old Navy spot in the next yeah. episode. Like, you can handle it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and also, like, thinking about it, I'm just like, Veronica got to sing, like, hardly at all. Like, I'd be really annoyed if I was Cammy because I hardly got to sing at all and then you cut one of my full songs like 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, she, and she does a really good job in yeah. it, too. Like, I, it makes sense that the scenes that they cut are the ones that they cut because they're the ones that are, like, least necessary for the whole episode and for, like, the arc in general. Yeah. But it would have been nice to see them in the show. Yeah. Luckily, people who are going to be watching on streaming, ultimately, after the whole season's done or whatever, will get to see them, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm glad that they immediately put them on Netflix for us because mm-hmm. I, li- I liked seeing both the, the scenes that yeah. happened. My original prediction was that Cheryl was going to sing this song because I thought because it was in the musical about like her singing about how her mother only thinks about her brother who she sees visions and hallucinations of uh-huh. instead of like her mm-hmm. who's actually here and so I thought that like like I should have seen it coming that Cheryl wasn't going to be like sentimental about her mom um, but yeah. like I thought that it worked out so well because Penelope like was seeing yeah I mean like before this season the, the Blossoms really did fit the mm-hmm. narrative for this for this musical pretty easily yeah. as well, except that um, Penelope is not as sentimental as Alice yeah. and neither is, is Cheryl. But I think Veronica, like, they manufactured this storyline so perfectly to fit Veronica and fit this song. I loved it. Yeah, it worked, it worked really well. Yep. And so she says, like, basically she would, like, fly away from here and, like, looking at a postcard of New York. And um, for some reason, her freaking blocking has her like getting up on a chair for no reason and then going back down i'm like are you up on a chair for a reason oh oh no she's getting down there was no reason for her to get up on a chair okay it's so weird it's visually dynamic okay (laughs) however i do have to say as a person who took a directing class it maybe it's visually dynamic but you have to make there be a reason for her to do it then you know what i mean like fix fix something on the chandelier or something you know robin you stood on the couch earlier for no reason people just do that sometimes i did not do that for no reason Reason, I wanted to show my dog what it felt like when he touched the roof. That's why I got up there. She wanted to feel tall for a second. Yeah. There was a reason. <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying Veronica wanted to feel tall. Oh. That should oh, have wait, been wait, more clear. Wait, no, no. Okay. She's talking about not being able to be seen, so she's trying to get higher oh. so you can see her better. Okay. I shouldn't have to do this work. <laughs> Um, and that's part one. So before we do part two, Patreon. What's that? I'd love to tell you. Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. We have a Patreon if we're one of your favorite creators. It's patreon.com slash theaficionados. And our donations go monthly. So if you do $1 a month, it's early access for all of our podcasts. All our other ones come up a whole week in advance. This one, only one day. And uh, if you're like, hey, well, the season's almost over, so whatever. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> season six is right around the freaking corner, and that's the truth. The $2 level gets you access to our Discord server, where we have lots of cute fun, including live watches when we can, of the Riverdale episodes. $5 is uh, 10% off at choppylux.com, which is where me and Brittany sell some really cool stuff. Um, Brittany does like enamel pins and stickers and and still a few uh, resin products if you're looking for those. Um, and I do embroidery and I have several designs of the Riverdale cast if you want to check it out. In fact, my snake parents design is still just sitting in my drawer. So if you would like it, uh, I would love to offer it to you. $10 level is my favorite one, which is our Patreon only podcast. Okay, love you. Hi. We talk for about 45 minutes every two weeks about whatever we want to talk about. Uh, Recently, we've been telling just straight up stories from our lives. And so that's been really fun. And um, yeah, so we hope you join. Can't do that. Check out chubbylux.com. If you can't do that, recommend us to a friend. We'd really appreciate it. Maybe do all three of those things. I don't know. You do you. 
Okay. And now it's time for our part two. And I did the summary for that. Okay. Alice has made an absolutely massive spread for Mother's Day dinner, and in her head she's singing a fantasy song about how good it is to have all her children under one roof. Betty comes in and asks if she just plans to never leave the house again, and Alice says why would she when everything she needs is right here. Betty tells her that Charles and Polly really aren't there, and then she gets out Polly's ashes, would have which would have played with a lot more weight if Sierra hadn't done the same thing like three episodes ago. Yeah. Alice is visibly upset, but Betty just wants to give her closure. Polly, in Alice's head, makes a joke about Betty being right there and then telling Betty to stop being such a brat. Betty starts singing that she's not here. Alice starts crying again and Betty asks if she would like to go into the city with her and see a Broadway show. She thinks it would be good for both of them. Alice said she would like that. The next morning, Veronica wakes up and Archie is not in bed with her. She hears a shower running and goes to greet her lover, but all she finds is Jughead and Frank. <laughs> it's so weird. I love it. That was my favorite scene in the whole episode. It was I mean, hilarious. it should be. It was hilarious. Frank says that Archie slept at the station so that some of the other guys could go home. Elsewhere, Penelope walks in on Cheryl praying in an empty church, saying that all her congregants have abandoned her. She jests about how neither of their religions were real, and Cheryl snaps. She says that her god is Gaia, and her ministry is real, and Penelope is actually the devil. She starts singing a song about seeing the movie The Exorcist and throws holy water at Penelope until she leaves. I mean, fair. At Pearls and Posh, Veronica helps Reggie study to become a licensed stockbroker. He talks about his dreams for the future and wanting a house in this, uh, an apartment in the city and a job in the stock exchange, and it awakens something in her. Alice and Betty are getting ready to go into the city for their show. They're seeing Moulin Rouge and taking the tram track <laughs> down, and Betty got them business class seats when suddenly Polly walks down the stairs and lures Alice back into her fantasy world. Polly and Charles sing I Am Alive, and Betty turns it into a mashup with, is, is it I Am The One? Yes, and that's my favorite, okay. and that's my favorite song in the musical. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, Betty turns it into a mashup with I Am The One, and it's just a really powerful number. When Betty finally pulls Alice from her fantasy, Alice tells her that for so long she wasn't there, which contradicts what Betty is singing in the song. And she says that be- she begged Betty to stay, but she left, and Alice hits her lowest point here and says that Polly is dead because of Betty. Betty leaves. At Pops, Tabitha's father asks, asks to speak to Jughead after his shift. He tells Jughead that Tabitha is going through a phase right now and what they have isn't real. Jughead says he really likes her and he's pretty sure she really likes him too. And Mr. Tate says she's way out of your league and just don't come to dinner tomorrow. (laughs) Jughead says that he reminds him of Hiram and Mr. Tate's like, yeah, I don't know who that is, but here, have a Swellagrino and go. (laughs) Swellagrino. That's embarrassing. You made that man say that. (laughs) Archie comes home late again and apologizes to Veronica for missing dinner. Veronica asks, asks to check in and says that she wants to know where Archie sees himself in the next five years. He says that he never wants to hold Veronica back, but that in five years he sees himself still in Riverdale. He asks if that's a deal breaker and she says no, but she thinks it's important for them to have these conversations. Sounds like a deal breaker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is a deal and breaker by the end is. of the episode. Tony is still looking for a place to put Britta, and she's having really, like, no luck at all. Banks tells her she needs a break and to come eat some lasagna. She says that she can't find a place for her, and Fang says maybe she should just ask Cheryl. Tony isn't super into the idea, but Fang says that she's really changed, and he holds Tony's hand and encourages her to at least ask. Betty goes to see Kevin, and he says that he could have come to her, but she says that home is bad and getting worse. She's really worried about Alice, and she confesses that she feels lost. She starts singing about how she knows that she needs to help Alice, but she doesn't know how. Through the song, Betty confesses all of her fears, and Kevin talks her through it, and how she can't give up, and how she and Alice need each other. The song also cuts to Veronica and Tony talking about how they feel like they're falling in their storylines as well, and Kevin tells Betty to go back to Alice, and that she's strong enough to put the pieces back together. 
Yeah. So we have fake Charles and Polly singing It's Gonna Be Good with Alice. And in my prediction, I guess that it would be Jughead going to dinner with Tabitha's family because it was, because in the musical, it's the dad singing about them inviting the boyfriend of their daughter in for a... That was a logical guess, I think. Yeah. But, uh, oh well. I I was close (laughs) on this one, but no point for the bird on this one. That's all right. It looks like Wyatt had such a fun time going back and doing this He's just, like, having a ball the entire Uh time. This version of Charles is the one that exists in Robin's fanfic. I was just so excited because, like, Charles, the Charles in this show is not the Charles in my fanfiction. Like, I have a completely different Charles that happened, like, a completely different time jump happened for this, for the Charles in my brain. Yeah. And when we saw him in the back, like, just, like, throw his arms out and, like, dance around, I was like, that's him! That's the guy that I see! And so it (laughs) was your man! It was exciting to be like, oh my god! He's real. (laughs) Me as crazy as Alice this episode. He's real. He's alive. I do think it's funny, though, because Charles wasn't even in any of these memories that Alice is talking about. Because Charles came into her life as a straight adult. But it's cute that he's here. I love it. Um, So Alice is like, oh my gosh, Betty, isn't it nice for all of us to be together? And Betty's like, oh, what? (laughs) Betty's like, are you ever going to, like, leave the house? She's like, no, my family's here. Why would I go? I can just send my groceries to my door. Okay, me telling Sam I'm not leaving the house. (laughs) She's like, Mom, Charles and Polly are not here. And Polly's like, what? I'm right here, Betty. It's so hurtful. And so Betty brings up Polly's urn. And I'm like, hey, that urn looks just like Josie's dad. Okay, but like, what if it was the same urn? It almost looked like it could have been. I, I mean, I didn't look I think his is more like it. gold. Yeah. And I, this is like bluer. Mm-hmm. But it was funny. It was like just as abrupt of her being like, and here's ashes, human See, remains. Like, I wouldn't have thought this was weird if they hadn't done the same thing before. Yeah. Like yeah. it would have played very naturally here mm-hmm. because Betty does like slowly get it out. And like, it makes sense that they cremated Polly and like yeah. all of this. Like it, 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 logically this makes way more sense than whatever Sierra was just like, hey, yeah. I've been carrying your dead dad. Yeah. Around for weeks. Yeah, because like, <laughs> well, that's because like if they're gonna have the urn, this is probably where it would go or where it would be, where it would be on the mantle or something. But yeah. like Sierra just brought the urn to a hotel room. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. I guess like that one was weird. This one would make sense. Like Betty brought it home to be like, hey, by the way, here's something that I did mm-hmm. to give you closure because I really think that we both need it. Yeah, and so Betty sings. She's not here, and I do believe I literally word for word said Betty is going to sing. He He's not here to Alice as she's not here about Polly. I said that word for word. This is three points for the bird. That's <laughs> true. Three points for the bird. Thank you. So then Polly and Charles leave and Alice cries. Betty says they can go and see another Broadway show. And, Ali, uh, and Alice is like, that would be great. Let's it's it. a really sweet moment. Because Betty keeps being like, mom, let's go do this. Let's go do this. And Alice keeps saying no. So this is finally like her being like, this is the thing that I'm going to say yes yeah, to. Yeah, she's yeah, like going a, to participate in society again. It's a breakthrough in, in Betty trying to make that connection. So in my favorite scene of the episode... Veronica wakes up, Archie isn't there. So she goes into the bathroom to have one of Archie's classic shower boinks. <laughs> Archie's classic shower boinks. Yep. He's done it with Veronica already. Like, do you remember in, at the beginning of season two when yep. his dad was literally dying in the hospital and Veronica wore her pearls to boink him in the shower? Yes. Yep. And yes, he I literally, do. his father's blood was going down was the drain. dripping off of him. And he had sex with Veronica in that shower. And yeah. then he screwed Betty in that same, same shower just a few months ago. And now everyone's just in the bathroom showering in there. <laughs> Ooh! Yucky! If only they knew what had happened in that shower. Yucky, yucky, yucky! 
I mean, at least it's clean. It's, it's a clean. shower. I know. But I'm also <laughs> like, oh, the atrocities that have occurred here. So then Veronica's like, hey, and she says like some like thing that she's like trying to be sexy about, and she's just like, oh my god, because it's just Jughead brushing his teeth. Hey, it's just like, ew! I think it's so funny that she comes in with this like deeply like cringe. Yeah. Like line because uh-huh. Veronica's always saying like cringe stuff to yeah. Archie and she like about lover him being her lover yeah. and like like she calls him Mister Inferno yeah. when she walks in here uh-huh. and it's just like it's so cringe and you don't think that she knows how cringe she sounds mm-hmm. until she says it to Jughead yeah. and she's like oh god <laughs> Veronica had many realizations this episode yeah <laughs> and so it's Jughead brushing his teeth and Frank just in the shower I love that they're just like sharing the bathroom like this I'm like. It's a big house. Do you guys not have a second bathroom? Like, right? that's the only I thought that you did. I also think that men are a lot more comfortable being mm-hmm. naked around each other mm-hmm. than, like, even women are necessarily. Yeah. Because women are, in high school, you're, like, taught to, like, judge each other, mm-hmm. basically, by society. Basically, and, learn body images. And in high school, men are just, like, naked for fun. Exactly. You know what? That was one of my points, is that, like, it's it's supposed to be, like, ew. Like, it's supposed to sort of, like, invoke a locker room type feel, I think. Yeah. Veronica's like, ugh. But I just, like, found it really charming. No, yeah. yeah. Like, it is really charming to just see them sharing the sh- the bathroom and the shower and stuff and, like, not caring. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's it's more gross for Veronica to have yeah. walked in and just been like, this is two men that I do not want to see in this sort of situation. Yeah. Like, and does not is, know that well. Especially because she was trying to walk in and, like, do the do with Archie, and she's like, whoop! This is exactly the kind of, like, reason Archie was like, I'm surprised you want to live with roommate. Yeah. And she's like, I don't actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just all piling up on Veronica. Yeah. Um, and so Frank's like, oh, Archie stayed at the station so that other guy- the other guys could go home. Like, what a great guy or whatever. Frank's fully naked in the shower, just, like, holding up a thing. And he's like, hi, Veronica! <laughs> Before we move on to the next scene, I forgot that there was a couple other things that we were talking about in our Riverdale a channel on our Discord that I wanted to mention that we uh, said that the place that Veronica and Chad had a house on Long Island, and we were like, ew, why would they have a place in Long Island? It's Staten Island that people... That people oh, make fun of. Um, wow, it's stupid. not Long Island, so well, we're not Americans, so that's uh, we're excused. And then also, um, Dave mentioned that Starkweather, uh, there was a murderer named Charles Starkweather. That rings a bell. Yeah. Now that he has mentioned it, uh, and I appreciate that. So that is a reference to that. Uh, it's Charles Raymond Starkweather was an American spree killer who murdered eleven people in Nebraska and Wyoming between uh, December nineteen fifty seven and January nineteen fifty eight. Jeez, I that is so. I watched an people. entire documentary about that and didn't recognize That's it. That's so many people in such a small amount of time. When he was 19 years old, he killed 10 of the victims between January 21st and January 29th. Jesus. Which is which was the date of his arrest. During his spree in 1958, Starkweather was accompanied by his 14-year-old girlfriend, Charles mm. I. Cannot. Ew. And he died age 20 the next year uh, by electric chair. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Bye. I'm like, what was the... Why did you do that? And now I'm like, hmm. Let me find a true crime episode I need- about this. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> Ooh, 
interesting. His 14-year-old girlfriend served 17 years in prison for it. And his execution by electric chair was the last execution in Nebraska until 1994. Wow! Interesting. The case has been continuously studied by criminologists and psychologists analyzes the study as a case study for spree killers in an attempt to understand their motivations and participate precipitating factors also become notorious as one of the earlier crime scandals that reached national prominence but what but does it say why he did it oh the first ones were his 14 year old girlfriend's mother and stepfather and then killed their two-year-old daughter jesus oh and then killed one of his girlfriend's family friends and their dog why was she with him for this i don't was she know a hostage no, well, she seems mm-hmm. like she was very An complicit. active participant? Yeah, because she got 17 years for it. Damn. And then they went and abandoned their vehicle, so then two other teenagers stopped to give them a ride, and then kill. oh, and then killed the boy, tried to rape the girl, but then killed her. Ew. What a bunch of assholes. Anyway, then there's more. So, they said, let's name, <laughs> let's name them after this guy. Sure. So in the next scene, everyone has left Cheryl's ministry, and so Penelope basically just, like, laughs at her and says that she was just being narcissistic and wanted people to follow her. But Cheryl truly has been changed by this. Is like, talking about how her god is Gaia, and her devil is Penelope. And so she sings, didn't I see this movie? And it's great. I actually like it a lot. And I like that um Cheryl is sort of, like, adamant that this is a real religion and it's not about her anymore. And, yeah. Like, she's not the god. It's, like, a, an actual thing that people worship anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so she starts, like, throwing, like, just, like, flicking holy water on her. And, like, fine. But then every single time she does it, this sound effect of, like, it, like, singeing happens. And I'm like, I don't know about that, you guys. The sound effect is bad, especially because they're not showing anything happening on Penelope. Yeah. If she was, like... Like, burning. Like, there's a an exorcism at the beginning of the third Conjuring film where they do throw holy water on a on the person being exercised. Mm-hmm. And it, like, and it, burns. It, like, bubbles and, like, burns the skin. And, yeah. like, that sound effect there makes sense because something is happening to the person yeah. that the holy water is being thrown on. And it's, like, a similar, like, concept is what's happening here, especially, like, with the song that she's singing. Mm-hmm. But it's not... <laughs> And it's, it's not my, doing anything to Penelope, and so it's kind it of ruining, sounds stupid. It's kind of ruining my enjoyment of the song. Yeah. I'm just, and it's, like, not even on beat. <laughs> um, it's not even on beat. Yeah, like, maybe if it was on beat, I'd enjoy it. It would just be, like, a symbol in the background. So she throws the whole cup on her and Penelope leaves because she's, like, upset about being the water being on her. I like the tension and the blocking of this scene, too. Mm-hmm. It worked really well. Mm-hmm. So at Pearls and Posh, Veronica's helping Reggie study, and we've just got more Pops garbage set dead. <laughs> all the Fine. same I mean, garbage constantly. Listen, they have so much money, I guess they can afford to eat out all the time. I wish that, I wish that were me. It's also probably the only good restaurant in Riverdale. Yeah. How dare you? That Italian restaurant clearly existed. Yeah, yeah but not. it's not very good. Yeah. It's a mob front, Brittany. <laughs> Alright, well, you're making this very good point. <laughs> what, mob fronts can't have Michelin stars? Well... Who's to say? So Reggie wants to become like an actual licensed stockbroker and have lots of money and calls himself Mantle the Magnificent and Veronica like sees that future and is like, hey, that's kind of similar to what I'm like going for. Mm. We've been saying it. You have goals. I like that. They have so much more in common too in like what they're into and what their interests are Mm -hmm. than Veronica and Archie. Yeah. And I like this for Reggie and we've we've already discussed why like we like it, why it makes sense. Yeah. So Betty and Alice are getting ready to go. Um, They have a Smarties reservation, which is Sardi's. 
piece. I had to look that up because I didn't know, but it's a. I was wondering because yeah. I could tell it was a yeah. reference, but I couldn't tell what it was for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing Moulin Rouge. Uh, they have a tram track confirmation, which is Amtrak, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, tram track is maybe the one that they've done that works the best. I think. Yeah, that like actually makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it seems like it's like it's really nice that Betty like got all of this ready so that Alice didn't have to. Alice mm-hmm. really seems like the type of mom, the type of person to have who ha- to have done this instead. Yeah. And Betty like stepped up to do it. And it's yeah, really she clearly worked her butt off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like planned down to the letter, which is like something that Alice would do herself. And appreciate. And appreciate like that level of planning and organization. And like she clearly does before like a really, really appreciate it mm-hmm. and like is excited about it before Polly like lures her back in. Yeah. So Polly like shows up and it's like, why, why aren't you bringing me? <laughs> and Betty's like, no, 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 mom. <laughs> Please yeah, don't go like, back to the bad place. Because, yeah. like, Paul, Betty can't see what's happening yeah. in Alice's head, and I think this is the best, like, example of of her knowing that she's seeing things mm-hmm. and, like, watching it happen and watching her, like, slip back through her fingers. And I think this is, uh, this is my favorite scene in the whole episode. Mm. Because everybody does a really good job, and, like, the expression on, like, Machen's face through the whole mm. thing is very good. And, like, Lily does such a great job, not only with the song, mm-hmm. but with, like, keeping that focus. And, like, yeah. ev- it's very well acted. Mm-hmm. So Polly and Charles sing I'm Alive. Betty's just watching Alice spiral, like, looking around the living room and smiling. Like, and, like, yeah. spinning, like, in a in a haze. Yeah, just, and Betty's wh- like, the horror is so good. If you couldn't see Betty and Charles and, like, couldn't see, like, the big, happy, bright colors that happen, like, uh, that's, sc- that's scary. Yeah. It's scary. So then we transition into Betty singing I Am The One, which is, which was my favorite song in the musical when I saw it, so mm-hmm. I was, like, really happy that it was Betty who sang it, and the Spotify version is also very good. And the mashup of these two songs mm-hmm. in this part plays really, really well. Yeah. So she's basically saying, I'm the one who was there for you, and she's like, no, you weren't. You said you would come back, and you left for seven years, and you didn't come back. And then she's basically saying, you're the reason that Polly is dead, and that is terrible and sucks, and I'm like, I know that it was a thing that she just, like, said to hurt her. I wonder, like, how long she had been thinking that. I don't know that she'd even been thinking it long outside of this moment. Mm -hmm. Because it's, like, it's no one's fault that Polly died, but the fact that Polly was turning tricks on a highway did not help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's not Betty's fault. Yeah. Like, I I also don't think that, I don't think that she's thought it outside of this moment, and I don't think that she, she later says she didn't mean it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, either. So, like, I don't think that she means it. She's just, like, so sad. And when you're that sad and, like, and Betty did leave her alone. I I wrote in my summary, like, in parentheses, I didn't say it out loud, but, like, everybody left Alice. Mm -hmm. Everybody left her. And so, like, she has to have felt, like, really devastated and lonely and, like, abandoned by everybody that really meant the most to her, which is, like, FP and and Betty especially. Mm -hmm. But, like, Everyone she ever cared about left her. Mm-hmm. And, like, that hurts. Yeah. And she didn't really do anything to deserve being left. They just all, like, prioritized things above her. And, like, that happens in life, but it also, like, is a real slap in the face when you're the one getting left. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I, uh, you know, and I know that it's very important to deal with, like, 
mental health issues and mental health breaks when this that this sort of thing happens. But like, I also can't blame Alice or people who go through this sort of thing for just leaning in because this is what's bringing them joy. And like, if this is a happy place, like just everywhere else isn't a happy place. And so like, I can't help but like, I can't blame her for for just leaning in because this is the only place where she finds joy. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, so you guys didn't even go see Moulin Rouge? Like, that sounded like expensive. Fun. Yeah. Like, if I was Betty and I. I was like, I hope she still goes. If I was Betty, I would still go. Maybe um, she did, because she's wearing a completely different outfit yeah. when she goes to see Kevin. Like, so, it like, doesn't, it's, it's not textual, but I'm like, I hope you still went, because, like, your tram track stuff, and, like, you didn't have to pay for your, uh, I, I don't know if I could go, though. Yeah. Like, if I had had that, like, that conversation, I don't know if I could, like, trek myself all the way down to the city yeah. and, like, do all of that, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe... <laughs> If I was Betty, I would have gotten and, like, sold my tickets really quickly yeah. and, and like, gone another night or something. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we have the scene between Jughead and Mr. Tate, um, which also wasn't in the aired episode. And I'm honestly disappointed about that because I think this, uh, this scene really shines some light about what happens later. Yeah, it's really weird that they didn't include this, mm-hmm. to be honest. So he asks him to get in the car and he's basically like, hi, you seem nice, but your name is Jughead, so uh, what's up with that? And he's like, well, Tabitha's just going to- Your dad's to- name is Pop. Yeah. <laughs> I, d- I think, aren't all of them named Pop? And they all, like, presumably have different names, but then go by Pop? I mean, maybe, but still. Because I think quite a hill to be standing on here. In the co- comics, Pop's name is Terrence. Is it? I'm pretty sure. Oh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Terrence Pop Tate. Cute. I think it's less that uh, Jughead walks in and he's like, you seem nice, but your name is Jughead. Yeah. And it's more, you seem nice, but you're poor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so he's like, well, Tabitha's just going through a phase, so your relationship is kind of just passing. Jughead's like, well, I really like her and I think she likes me too. So, and he's like, okay, guy, listen, she's too good for you. Okay? She's Jughead's too good like, for you. I know, but hey. Yeah. <laughs> so just don't show up on Mother's Day. And so now him like showing up means so much more. Yep. Yeah. Before it was just like, Tabitha's like, I invited him to dinner and he came okay yeah that was kind of like my date is here and i was like okay yeah it also explains why jughead's late yeah because he shows up late to dinner Mm -hmm. and like it sort of explains that maybe he did hesitate for a minute because of the threat Mm -hmm. but then overcomes it which i think is more impactful than jughead's just lazy and late (laughs) yeah yeah so he's like you know what you remind me of hiram and he's like who's hiram stop it you grew up here you went, I, you went to high school with them. I, you know Hiram. I imagine that Mr. Tate or whatever is a solid four years older than Hiram. Sure. And that's why he has no idea who he is. And Hiram has not made enough of an impact that his little drop in the ocean yeah. it has not reached outside of Riverdale. Yeah, which I think is extremely funny. Yeah. So he tells him to take a Swellagrino for the road. I'm embarrassed. I'm sorry I had to say that. Swellagrino. That sounds gross. <laughs> yeah, it does. It reminds me of the word swig, mm. which, like, isn't a gross word, but, like, kind of sounds gross. Yes, it well, does. Well, they're, they're clearly going for swell, like, yeah. ah, that's just swell. But it also, swell means, like, swill. swollen as yes. well. And I, I'm just like, what's going to swell up if yeah. you drink that? Yeah. Your muscles. <laughs> sure. So Archie finally gets home, and he's like, hey, I missed dinner again. And Veronica's like, hey, um, where do you see yourself in five years? And Archie's like, pfft. 
This is a weird uh, question. This is a lot for me just getting home from fighting fire. <laughs> he's like, honestly, still in Riverdale. And he's like, I would never want to hold you back from anything, though. And I'm like, oh, good boy. Good boy. I love you. Archie is the kind of guy who will stay in Riverdale his whole life to make it a better town. Yeah. The same way that Fred ended up doing, like, mm. when his father passed away. Like, yeah. It's it's sort of a, a cycle, but it also makes sense for him as a character mm-hmm. that Archie wouldn't see himself anywhere else because he wants to, like, make the town that he's nostalgic for and the, that he believes he had a good childhood in a better place. Mm-hmm. And so basically Veronica doesn't see herself staying in Riverdale forever. And he's like, is that a deal breaker? And she's like, no. Yes, and kinda, it is. Yeah, it kind of is. Internally. Yes. And she's like, honest conversations are important so that I can break up with you later. I don't think- I get it though, because it's like, I think she really has to think about it. Yeah. I also don't think that him wanting to stay in Riverdale is the thing that is the deal breaker, mm-hmm. but the fact that they don't have anything in common anymore. Yeah, yeah. And she does have things actively in common with Reggie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sort of like the on top of the cake is like, oh, well maybe I don't want to stay in Riverdale. Yeah. Like, maybe yeah. I want to do something different with my life. Mm-hmm. Like, if they had, like, lots of things in common, I think she would be fine staying in Riverdale because they have, like, more keeping them connected, but they don't. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So Tony's researching safe houses, just where she can house Britta. Uh, Fang's made lasagna, but she can't take a break to eat lasagna. I'm like, um, you can take a break to eat lasagna. Uh, yeah, it's lasagna, ma'am. And this is where I share the thought that I had earlier, mm-hmm. which is why Fangs and Tony work. Mm-hmm. Brittany. Girl boss and male wife! Yay! Oh my god! The <laughs> <laughs> minute I was like, Fang's making lasagna. Like, oh my god! <laughs> I I had this thought while I was rewatching the episode and writing my notes, and I said it out loud to Robin, but Brittany wasn't in the room. And and I was like, I'm gonna save this for the podcast so we get Brittany's reaction. And she said it for me, so. Yeah. It's the way we're so married. You know? <laughs> this is why I love this ship so much. That's it. It's that's that. Mm-hmm. It, it's that. It's yeah. that dynamic. Mm-hmm. It's girl boss and male wife. So Tony's like, I've tried everything. No one will take her. And Fangs is like, maybe ask Cheryl to take her. Um, cause she's into helping people now, right? Like, she's already taken the twins. Yeah. Right? It seems like maybe she, something that she would do. And he's also like, like, he's like, hey, any port in a storm. And you're like, oh, that sounds nice. But in all, but ultimately what he's saying is, hey, uh, you don't if have much of a choice. This yeah. is literally all you can do. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> so Betty goes to see Kevin at the school and she says that she's really scared for Alice and she doesn't know what to do. So then they sing I've Been, which is my other favorite song from the musical. And um, Betty, I notice, is singing all of these songs that were sung by the husband in, oh. uh, in the musical. She's singing all of these ones that are like, I'm the one who's been with you. I'm like, I'm the one who cares about you. You know, like the daughter in the musical is like, my mom doesn't care about me or pay attention to me. So I don't care about my mom or pay oh. attention to my mom. So like all of these songs that Betty is singing are the ones that were sung by the by the husband who's trying to actually help her. Mm-hmm. It actually My, sounds like a great musical. Mm-hmm. It, it, I really like that they chose to do that and go in this direction with this episode because Alice and Betty is probably my favorite relationship like over the whole, whole series. Mm-hmm. And like when they have them on the same page, I think that it works really, really well and like that their dynamic is extremely compelling. So I like that they went with that for this episode. Yeah, when they remember that this dynamic is important, mm-hmm. it's um really good. Yeah. Because like Alice's arc in the first season is like really impressive and like Betty is a huge part of that. Mm-hmm. And so like when they when they remember that, it's uh it works 
works really well and like the the relationship is not always like worked and they have like done weird things to it because of the like plot or whatever at the time but I'm glad that they're sort of back on the same page. Mm-hmm. So Kevin's basically saying like don't give up you can do it and Betty's like maybe it is my fault that Polly's dead and he's like uh no don't do that. Uh, don't do that to yourself. So Kevin's trying to help her and saying like you should help your like you obviously need help and your mom needs help you guys should try and help each other. And then we also get Betty, Veronica, and Tony all singing Catch Me I'm Falling. It's great. It's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's part two. Yep. Nailed it. You ready for part three? Hell yeah. Tabitha and her parents have a tense AF dinner. They're not impressed that she left everything behind to run Pops. Jughead shows up and Tabitha is so into them that they just leave the restaurant and sing at each other in Archie's garage. <laughs> they kiss and Jugatha lives. At Thornhill, Cheryl and Tony drink tea. Tony asks Cheryl if she'll take Britta in. Britta's story is a lot like Cheryl's coming out story. Since Tony once left Cheryl, she trusts her to take care of Britta. I'm like, okay, but remember when she built that haunted nursery to trap you in? Remember when she kept a corpse of her dead brother as a pet? So anyway, Ronnie tells- She's changed, Brittany. <laughs> yes. She's found God. Yeah, Brittany. she started a cult. <laughs> Ronnie tells Archie she felt muted and invisible in her marriage with Chad, and she's starting to feel that way with Archie. They should probably take a break and find themselves before they jump into anything. They're too old to casually date. I'm like, okay, guys, but your 20s are for casually dating. She, yeah. Mm-hmm. Betty tells Alice she took the record player out of the house. She promises to never leave Alice again, and they sing it out. Alice mentally prepares to say goodbye to her idea of the ideal and perfect family and her, to her imaginary Polly and Charles. Betty says she doesn't need a normal ideal family. She just wants her mom. Tabitha and Jughead unpack after Polly funeral. Kevin watches them hold hands for some reason. <laughs> I know, I was like, well, Kevin, why are you Why here? are you here? Just to sadly transition to Tony and Fangs, I yeah. think. Yeah. Kevin is the only Kevin is constantly used as the person just looking at other people's yeah. relationships like, oh. <laughs> and I'm like, this is weird. That's me as a person in real life. <laughs> it's true. Uh, Tony and Fangs also hang out after the funeral. Tony admits she's in love with him and he says the same. It's pretty abrupt, but I'm not mad at it. Yeah. Yeah. Betty finds Alice sitting in the dark and turns on the lights. It's metaphorical. Everyone sings out their feelings. Tony and Fangs kiss. Ronnie prepares to leave. Kevin sits alone. Archie wants to <laughs> leave. Tabitha brings Kevin food at Pops. Kevin's on his phone. Brennan and F- Cheryl play chess. It's just like this whole montage of random crap. And yeah. Kevin's just sitting there the whole time. Kevin's in different locations being lonely. I literally was like, tell I would have given anything in the middle of that song when Tabitha brings Kevin food and he's on his phone for the grinder noise. Totally. <laughs> yep. like, that would have f***ing killed me. I think it's, wait, what is the, what's the Riverdale equivalent? I know that they've had one. Oh, yeah. Well, they actually did use Bumble, right? Yeah, they did use Bumble, but I feel like they had one for Grindr. They did, and I can't remember what it was. Like, I was thinking about that earlier. Yeah. Okay, keep going, Brie. failed. Um, (laughs) everyone gathers at Polly's pink gravestone and finishes their song. We totally get some Ronnie and Reggie crumbs, so veggie endgame? Anyway, everyone says goodbye to Polly, and everything ends on a picture of Polly, Betty, and Alice next to a next-to-normal poster on Broadway. Yeah. So Tabitha is at the restaurant with her parents and they're like, oh my God, where is he? And they keep being like, her parents keep being like, oh, it's weird that he isn't showing up. Like, oh, who is this guy? And like, you both know that you're trying to like, I can tell that the mom also knows that the dad tried to scare him into not coming. Mm-hmm. So that, like, stop trying to tell her that he sucks and to not date him when, like, you guys were the, like, they're trying to- You're, like, actively trying to break them up. Yeah. Um, Also, why? Like, since when do you actually care about Tabitha's life? You don't care about her professional life. Yeah, you don't care about her business and you don't- 
They, they're just trying to, like, get her to not have anything to care about in this town. They're trying to, like, sever all of her relationships and ties. Yeah, that's, like, in the trailer, we see Pops going up in flames. And it seems kind of like, I was like, hmm, I smell Hiram. And, like, Hiram seems to kind of be in trouble in the trailer. But I'm also like, if Tabitha's parents are, like, trying to sever all of her ties to this town, Pops is a big one. I really... I hope they save Pops. I don't like... Yeah. I don't like that. That would be really upsetting. They're like, ooh, I don't know, he's... Maybe he's too busy doing a blue-collar job. Ew, right? Like, he's too busy. Like, <laughs> he's too busy working are, at yeah. your restaurant? That's gross. And I like that dudes. Tabitha doesn't fall for it. She's like, if you're mad that I left Chicago, just say so. Yeah. Like, it's clear that her dad wanted her to work with him, and instead she came back to a different to a different family business. So then she's like, oh my god, there's Jughead. And Jughead's, like, turned around and, like, steals a rose or something from the- It's- it's- it's kind of cute. It's very- it's delightful. And it's, It's um, very Lady and the Tramp. Yeah, it's charming. And so he steals a rose and he shows up anyway, even though he was, like, threatened to not come back. Mm-hmm. And then they sing, hey- and I specifically said that that a couple was going to sing Hey. I said either it was going to be Barchi or Shoney or something. So I'm going to give myself half a point for this. Sure. If that's okay. Sure, you can. And she's like, oh my god, I thought you wouldn't come. And so they like run away and don't even have dinner with her parents. <laughs> and then they dance in Archie's garage instead. And then they smooch. Uh, Sam, do you want to talk about you, what you were talking about in Archie's garage? Yeah, when I watched this scene earlier, I was like, I think it's funny that um, Jughead is sleeping in the place where Archie stole his girlfriend seven years mm-hmm. ago. Because uh, that's where Archie and Betty kiss for the first time during the other musical seven years ago when they stole, when they cheated on their mm-hmm. partners. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's funny that he's like so mad at Betty and like he had this like huge falling out with Betty over it. But did he ever have a conversation with Archie about it? I don't know. Like, I think they like talk about it a little bit at like graduation or whatever that night on the like bleachers when they're oh, like drinking yeah, they beer do and address stuff. it a little. But it's also just like Archie was an active participant in that. Yes, yeah. he was. And you're not mm-hmm. mad at him at all. Yeah. But, like I don't think you should be mad at him now. Like I think they both they've all got closure on this mm-hmm. sort of situation. I just think it's weird. Yeah. So Tony goes to Cheryl for tea and she asks Cheryl to take care of Britta. You're giving Cheryl another redhead. She has so many redheads now. Here's the thing. She's collecting them. Yeah. It would be weird to give Nana Rose a redhead or Penelope yeah. a redhead. Yeah. Uh, Cheryl's not going to make it weird. But both Nana Rose and Penelope live in this house. True. Oh, poor Britta. Yeah. But I, I feel like Cheryl has, is the ultimate yeah. authority in this yeah. house at this yeah. point. So at least there's that. You want to talk about how Tony was like, yeah, you know where I should send this gay kid to live? With the gargoyle king. <laughs> <laughs> Does she know that she's there? Penelope? Does anybody know Penelope's that she's there? at the funeral. She's at the funeral. She's oh. not supposed to. Isn't she? Oh. Watch, watch Tom Keller like walk into town at, at, at be some like, point hey. and just be like, ah. You didn't finish your sentence. Speaking of Tom Keller, one of my other notes about the funeral is, um, Tom Keller would be here. Yeah, he would. Where is he? Yeah, he should be here. I know that we had to pay other other actors, but he would have been here. Yeah, thank you. Like, I'm I'm glad Frank is here for obvious reasons, for my selfish desires. Yeah. Um, but it would have made more sense to have Tom. Yeah. Than Frank even. So. Tony's like, it seems like maybe you guys have really similar stories, so you guys could, like, talk about this. And Cheryl's like, oh, would you trust me with this? And Tony is talking about how, like, she really loved her, and she felt her love back, and so you have a lot of room for love in your heart. And so and, like, it would be good for her to feel that, because she needs some. And so Cheryl says yes. I thought it was a really good conversation yeah. about, like, understanding Cheryl's capacity for love, and, mm-hmm. like, her needing an outlet to, to like, express that in a healthy way. Because mm-hmm. like, her, her outlet was Jason. Yeah. yeah. So Veronica tells Archie that she felt, like, muted with Chad, and she also feels that way now, and you can tell based on the lighting. Um, <laughs> 
And she's like, when I was with Chad, I didn't like notice at first because it happened so slowly, but I'm starting to feel that way again. And Archie's like, oh my God, I didn't know. So I saw this super petty thing on Twitter about this. Oh no. Okay. Someone was like, you have to notice that earlier this season when Archie was dating Betty, he walked into Betty's room and immediately was like, oh my God, what's wrong? Veronica's like, I feel terrible and I have been feeling terrible for two days. And Archie's like, oh my God, what? That's, that's <laughs> Jesus. <so random. laughs> uh, but it's, it's, you're right. Yeah. Like that is a thing that happened and like, they're just not attuned to each other. They're yeah. not, they're not a good fit. In a relationship. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're great friends. Yeah. They were high they school them. sweethearts. They were high school sweethearts, and they, it was good while it lasted, but they, they've grown apart. Quite literally, none of the high school sweethearts that we had are together now. And I don't think they should be. Yeah. That's not, it's like not realistic. It's like maybe one out of every yeah. 20, 25 high school sweethearts would, mm-hmm. would actually Especially work. for like couples that have like moved away. Yeah. And like been apart for so long. Mm-hmm. They're different people now. Yeah. Like even if you move back, you can't just like, you've grown into a differently shaped puzzle piece and mm-hmm. you don't fit together the same way that yeah. you once did. And so Veronica's like, I think we need to take a step back. I don't think we should rush this. Which is funny because earlier this episode she was like, let's not waste any more time. <laughs> And so Archie's like, well, do you want to just, like, date and have fun like before? And she's like, that's cute, but we're not in high school anymore, Archie. I'm sorry. That would actually be great for you guys Mm -hmm. to get to know each other again. It worked out for Betty and Archie. They were just kind of, like, doing it whenever they felt like it. And, I mean, Betty then was like, I'm actually not fulfilled by this. And then then they moved on, you know? Yeah. It was very mature when it was Betty and Archie, but, like... Mm-hmm. It's it's just not it's not something that Veronica sees working for herself, and mm-hmm. she doesn't want to invest time doing that in something that she knows is not going to last. Yeah, and I, that's also fair. Mm-hmm. So Betty looks at Polly's urn. Alice comes down the stairs. Betty says that she got rid of the record player, and she says that she's sorry that she didn't come back. She broke the promise that she made, which was like to be there for her, and so mm-hmm. she's making a new one that she would stay with Alice. And so they sing, why stay, slash, a promise. So they sing it. Alice apologizes for saying that mean thing to Betty. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we move on and they sing another song, which is called Maybe, in parentheses, next to normal. Um, so this is the titular song. And uh, I don't think I should... This one was really, really obvious, so I don't know if I deserve the point. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's literally near the end of the show, the mom and the daughter sing the song to each other. Mm-hmm. So I guessed... Near the end of the so- of the episode, Alice and Betty will probably sing this to each other. I'm going to say it's four and a half points for the bird, though. <laughs> Fair enough. So they're going to work through it together, even if it's hard. And then Alice sees Charles and Polly leave. So that's like the end of that. And it's weird because the vision that she sees has changed from like happy-go-lucky cheerleader Polly to like recent Polly. Mm-hmm. But we that still was feel- interesting. But we still see football star Charles. <laughs> well... Pretty much all of Charles ended up being a fantasy. Yeah. Like, Charles that she got to, like, have as her own and, like, like really connect to him as her child did lasted maybe a year. Mm-hmm. And so it makes more sense that in her head he's still, still, like, part of that fantasy because, like, the real Charles now is a in-prison serial killer. Yeah. and But it's also so funny seeing him like this because both Charles, like, Charles is, like, in his, like, late 20s. Wyatt's in his early 30s and he's dressed up as this high school football star. It it's kind of funny. funny. Mm-hmm. Like, in the way that, like, none of these actors can really pass for teenagers anymore. Yeah. Which is why they had to up them. Mm-hmm. Like, this guy definitely can. No. Not <laughs> at all. So then, I liked this moment because Next to Normal is in the song. She says the... She says next to normal in the song. And in the musical, that didn't really 
mean anything. Like, it meant something because, like, it was, like, a good sentiment mm-hmm. and stuff. But, like, to the characters, it was just some words. Yeah. But in this context, she's singing the song next to normal it, because Alice loves that musical, and that musical means a lot to them. So when mm-hmm. she says next to normal, you can see the meaning behind it. And it's also, like, Alice is, like, before they start singing, says all she ever wanted was them for them to be a normal family. Mm-hmm. And, like, all her life, she sort of, like, had stuff that didn't go the way that she planned it. She got pregnant in high school. Mm-hmm. She married somebody she didn't love. Like... It was the man. That man ended up being a serial killer. Yeah, like she's never had the fantasy life that she wanted, mm-hmm. and that was like the thing that she wanted for her life, and she never got to have it. And yeah. it's really like sad that she didn't. And Betty's like, "Hey, that's okay. We still have each other." Mm-hmm. So we see Jughead, Tabitha, and Kevin at Pops, and they were like, "Oh, it was nice that they buried the ashes." And at first we were like, "What? Did they did they skip the funeral? Does that mean that someone else is dead?" Because we were waiting for this still uh, from the funeral, mm-hmm. and we were like, "Oh, whose funeral is it?" We were like, been freaking out for like. <laughs> couple episodes and we were like oh did they skip it did they cut it or is this someone else's funeral but then we saw it in the final scene so it was fine they they it was it is a little bit weird that they did it backwards but it's so that they can end on yeah. everybody singing the ensemble song together and yeah. it, it works yeah it's fine so then Jughead quotes Shakespeare, and it's smooth as hell. It actually mm-hmm. is very smooth. smooth as hell. I was impressed with this. And then Kevin just seems sad, and I think he was just there to sadly transition to Fangs and Tony. <laughs> I genuinely think that's why he was there. Because he didn't, I don't think he said anything other than like, oh yeah, I like just agree. Mm-hmm. Honestly, Kevin and Fa- Kevin did Fangs and Tony so many favors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By leaving them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we move on to Fangs and Tony. Um, Cheryl and Britta are doing well, they say, and Fangs is like, you're a very good person, Tony. And then Tony tells Fangs that she loves him, and he says, ditto. I I wish that it didn't happen so fast, but, like, yeah. okay. Like, I just, I wish that they had been, like, hmm, this would be an interesting thing for us to pursue. I think I have feelings for you. But they, like, they just, they jumped, they, which is interesting. They ran straight into it, and I'm like, fine, I guess, but I would have liked more buildup. Like, there was a little bit in the previous episode, mm-hmm. so, like, that was nice. But I agree with you guys. I wish it had been, like, more woven throughout the season. But I guess there's not, like, a ton they could have done yeah. with Vanessa being out so much because she was actually pregnant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. It's like a that's like a a writer fail but also like a circumstantial fail. Fair enough. Yeah, I think that like the stuff with last episode, I you know, I we were just kind of like wishful thinking, haha, this could be romantic, wouldn't that be cute? But in reality, I really only saw it as like, oh, they're such good friends, they're being parents to their child, you know what I mean? So like I wish that it had been more apparent last episode that it was like supposed to be a romantic thing rather than a friendship thing. Well, though, although we did basically headcanon that the reason she was pregnant was because it was Fangs' baby. Yes. Yeah. Like, we headcanoned that. I don't think we ever actually, like, she doesn't ever acknowledge Mm -hmm. who the father is, and she, like, it seems to indicate that she just happened to get pregnant. Yeah. And they were like, well, we want a baby, Mm -hmm. so uh, we'll take it. Yeah. And, um, seemed to be the implication, but, like, I also, like, kind of like the headcanon that it was... It's Fangs' baby, and they're yeah. just, like, happy together. But they were like, yeah, my headcanon was that, like, they had planned as a thruple to have a baby, and Kevin was like, I'm full gay, so I'm not interested. And which is why, since it was, like, Fangs' like, biologically, that Kevin felt like it was okay to just, like, to, 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 to exit, else. you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. But it's, like, Fangs' actual child, and that Fangs and Tony were like, hey, let's make it happen, because it's expensive for a teacher and a trucker in a small town to, like, go and get, like, 
IVF done, right? IVF? Yes. Yeah. Or, or like something expensive like that, that I thought it was like, hey, we can just do this the natural way, you know? Yeah. See, like, that's why I just thought she, like, happened to get pregnant. Yeah. And they were, like, happened and to just, like, some take the random baby. person. Yeah. Like, someone she met in college or whatever. I just remember that um, in, like, 504 or something, when she meets with Archie again, and he's like, oh, can I ask who the father is? And she's just like, oh, it's a secret for now. Yeah. Like, for now, but you never told us. Yeah. They <laughs> Unless never, it was. They never explain, and mm-hmm. I, I, I would be interested if they would, like, to, uh, but if they don't, then I'll just hit Ken in his face. Yeah, yeah. I think the implication is that it's fake. I honestly, you know, like as an ace person, sex is like not really romantic to me at all. Uh, it's actually kind of icky. Um, <laughs> but it, it's. I think it's cute and sweet that, like, maybe, you know, they weren't necessarily attracted to each other before then, but then they, like, went and did that thing, and they were like, wait, maybe there's something here, you know what I mean? I mean, I would assume that they were physically attracted to each other mm-hmm. before then, if if the, if it's his baby. Yeah. But maybe not the emotional part until they had Became sex parents. or something. Yeah. And then had have the baby and, like, were actively doing parent things together mm-hmm. and, like, doing stuff together that, besides just, like, being buddies. Yeah. Sort of, like, awakened that. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> I think it's cute. I like yeah. it. I, like I said, I wish that there had been, they, they had, there had been more of a build up, but whatever. Beggars can't be choosers, <laughs> yeah. and I am a beggar, it's so. It's really <laughs> fine. Yeah. And I'm also not interested in the discourse. Yeah. So, like, yeah. They're both bi people. This is the exact dynamic I want to see. Yeah. Cheryl deserves to to explore new things, too. Yeah. That's okay. It'll be great. If we weren't getting veggie, I would vote for Sharonica. Yay! <laughs> so the full cast sings Light in, like, a montage. It makes sense. It's the final song of the musical. It's full ensemble of the musical. I, like, basically knew that they would do this one. Mm-hmm. So we see Betty and Alice alone in the house talking about how, like, they can do it. They can make it through. Archie and Veronica are alone as well. They put up a photo of Polly on the mount on the mantle. That part made me cry. Mm-hmm. Like the just the lyrics uh, through that part and mm-hmm. like them holding each other was just that also made me cry. Yeah, I bookended this episode with crying. It's just like they keep. First of all, they had Hal and Polly, but then they keep inviting people into their home and they keep leaving. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's d- and it's just them now. Yeah. Then we see Tony warming a bottle, and she's got this like happy little family life with Fangs. It's they, really they cute. They kiss. Like I wasn't a hundred percent sure because it was so abrupt that like when she was like, "Hey, I think I love you," and he was like, "I love you too." I was like, "Ah, that's nice." You know, <laughs> buddies. Friendship. And I was like, "Wait a second. And then they kiss, and I was like, "Oh, so okay, so we are doing it. So that's it. Okay, you did mean it in a yeah. like like you way." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Veronica leaves Archie's house and Archie sings like two lines and that's all that KJ sings the whole episode. It's a musical episode. I don't think KJ sang in the uh, Josie episode either. Listen, Lily has been deprived mm-hmm. of the musical spotlight for three years now in yeah. a row. And she deserved it. And if that means KJ shut up, then <laughs> KJ shut up. Because he's not very good. I'm going to say it. <laughs> I'm sorry. But what about that what, what about that Green Day song that he sang? He's, I, he's fine. Like, Archie... He has a rock voice and that's about it. Archie being a singer was never going to work. Right. Okay? Yeah. He, he's not Troy Bolton. Like, he's not. Stop. Listen, he is as close to Troy Bolton as he possibly can be now, but he still isn't Troy Bolton. He's a good person now and he's fixing the infrastructure of the town and he's making it a better place. Mm-hmm. He does not need to sing. Okay? Yeah, yeah. He's, he just doesn't. 
It's like Cammy got one song, Madeline got one song, Casey joined it with one song, KJ got nothing. Cole got more to sing than everybody else. That was confusing. That was funny. I I wonder how much like they had to talk him into that because it does make the most sense narratively. Yeah. But yeah, it was strange. It's just, it's hard to, it's honestly kind of hard to watch because yeah. he's doing it so earnestly. Like he's doing his job. He's doing a good job. It's just that I know that he doesn't like it. I know that he's uncomfortable and that he doesn't enjoy it. And so like knowing that he as an actor isn't having fun makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I mean, you never know. Maybe he was having fun. I just think like, I'm pretty sure he's said in the, I don't know. I mean, it's been a while since he said that. Exactly. So like, maybe he's feeling yeah. better now, but like previously he's been like, I don't want to do that. I hate it. I think previously they didn't know what a stupid show they were on. Sure. And maybe now they know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think all of those actors have finally figured out, oh, I'm just going to write out my contract. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And like, that being said, this was not a stupid episode, mm-hmm. but it it's Riverdale. It's a stupid show. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. So we have Kevin. St- stupid affectionate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. So Kevin's alone at Pops. Tabitha brings him more coffee. Kevin like is just alone all the time. <laughs> Cheryl's playing chess with Britta. We get the funeral. The people at the funeral are Penelope, Kevin, Frank, Archie, Jughead, Tabitha, Betty, Alice, Juniper, Dagwood, Veronica, Reggie, Tony, Fangs, Cheryl, Britta. Huge. That's a lot of people. It's like the whole It's everyone who was in this episode. Yeah. And then like I said, Tom Keller would be here. I just wanted to say that. Mm -hmm. I'm so sad for the kids. Seeing their little faces, I was like, I am so sorry. Yeah, you are babies. Yeah. I am so sad. Polly has a pink headstone. Your thoughts? I love it. Iconic, and uh, if I ever die, which I don't plan on it, Mm, not ever requesting pink headstone as well. Done. Thanks. Um, It says on her headstone that she was a beloved sister, daughter, and mother. We get a look of recognition between Veronica and Reggie and Jughead and Tabitha. Jughead and Tabitha have kissed twice this episode. So if you're also doing the same thing to Veronica and Reggie, wink, wink. Mm -hmm. And thank you to the trailer. Oh, congrats to Britta on her promotion. Right? (laughs) She's just there. Yeah. And then (laughs) I let... My last note was just like, Frank's just like here, like, I am singing a song now. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was cute that he was like, light, light, light. I'm like, have fun, buddy. Good work. <laughs> well. And then we end on Betty and Alice and it's, mm-hmm. it's very, they, this episode wouldn't have worked without the two of them yeah. uh, being as powerful actors as they are and like Lily being as good a singer as she is. And you know what? I liked it. Yeah. I yeah. had a good time. It, it's, it's a good episode. Mm-hmm. It's a genuinely good episode. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to go into segments. My first segment is which character needs a hug the most? Uh, uh, Alice. Sorry. Absolutely. Also yeah. honorable mention to Betty, obviously. Yeah. But once again, it's it is going to be Alice. Yeah. Oh, poor Alice. Mm-hmm. Uh, my segment is what is Sam shipping the most? You have so many options. Romantically, Tony and Fangs. Okay. Like, platonically and in general, my favorite relationship of the episode was obviously Betty and Alice. Mm-hmm. That's so, a good choice. Yeah. And my segment is which MILF was the most badass? And I'm gonna say Alice for getting through that. Mm. Yep. Yeah. My next segment is, is Chick dead or what? I don't know. Who knows? Who's to say? Yeah. It's like, I know that Charles isn't dead because they specifically said that he wasn't, but like the way that they were talking about Polly and Charles, I was like, uh, is Charles dead? <laughs> I know, right? It, how funny would it have been to- If, he, if she got <laughs> two words out. No, no, but if, no, but if Chick was also just in Alice's face. <laughs> that would be funny. That would have been amazing. I just support Hart Denton getting jobs and like being on my screen. Yes. And now it's time for a best line award. My best line award goes to Jughead and Veronica for... I'm gonna eat in the garage. Sounds good. 
<laughs> my, I just love so much how Jughead's like, I'm leaving this awkward situation, and Veronica isn't even like, what? I made dinner. She's like, I also don't want to hang like, out I, with you. Yeah, I'd rather yeah. not sit here awkwardly with you either. Yeah. I'm good, see ya. Uh, and now I can sing, bye. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and my favorite line award goes to Veronica for... Didn't hear you come in last night, Mr. Inferno. Oh my god, redacted. Oh my god, redacted! redacted. <laughs> she just, oh my god! She gets so upset yeah. when she sees that it's Jughead, and I think that's very funny. Like, I, what did you like, expect, though? Like, do you hear the things that you say out loud? Is this the first time you've heard the things that you say mm-hmm. out loud? Exactly. <laughs> I think that we were robbed of Jughead being like, Mr. What now? No, or Jughead. Yes. Or Jughead, like, being like, Frank, she's talking to you. <laughs> that would be a good too. Frank. Or just Jughead being like, okay, Mrs. Inferno, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That would have been amazing. Like, he just, like, unironically replied. Yeah, yeah, good. Okay, so trailer thoughts for the uh, finale. The blurb for this is, As the gang pick up the pieces after a rough year back in Riverdale, an incident at Pops forces them to make a difficult decision about the future of the town. So we know what the incident is. And this is what I grabbed from the trailer. We have Nana Rose saying to speak a speech, and Cheryl's like, you mean the curse? So it's like, I don't know, is the thing that happened at Pops part of the Blossom curse? I don't know. So we see Pops go up in flames. No thank you. I'd like to blame Hiram, though. Oh, I'm I'm sure it's his fault. Hiram for this. Jughead and Tabitha are also there, so they have to watch it, which sucks. There's a shot of Tony. I'm not sure what she's doing. Veronica says something drastic needs to happen, and it's Varchi in a car. And so I assume they're going to, like, go and beat up Hiram some more about that. So I think that's got to be confirmation that it was Hiram. Yeah, and then we also have Reggie, Betty, and Alice with guns to what looks like Hiram. I mean... The fact that all of them pulled guns on him, like, are they taking Sodale from him? All right. All right. I'd be into it. Right? If um, he gets shot, so be it. I just, like, I'm like, why did we have a whole episode of, uh, of like, you trying to humanize him and, like, make us care about him just for him to do the exact same crap? You exactly. Know? I liked the episode. I liked his flashback episode. But now I'm just like, I just feel betrayed by it because I'm like, but he's not doing anything good. Like nothing he's doing is for the greater good though. And you tried to make me think that what he was doing was good. Exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of confusing. Like They're like, it's for my father's legacy. And I'm like, okay, great. But y'all forgot that the next episode. Yeah. yeah. So then we see Cheryl screaming and running and crying. We hear, we see Jagatha. And then we have a weird, like, bloody hand with a mask. I don't know what that was. Sure. Veronica and Reggie kissing. Betty and Archie kissing. My rights. Everything's coming up Sam's ships. And then Cheryl burning at the stake for being a witch, I assume. Nightmare question mark? Oh, maybe. I would like that as a nightmare better. I am wondering if they're actually going to lean into this curse thing for season six, though. Mm -hmm. Because if you... I just went and pulled it up, and I remember... Because I remembered now that we're talking about this, and, like, the curse, and, like... All of that and like Cheryl being a witch. Uh, the only the thing the only thing that's been posted so far for season six is the post that Ross made on the day that they started filming, mm-hmm. which was forces are gathering for the ultimate battle between good and evil. Yeah, for season six, and it the the picture that he posted is a it, what looks like a maple tree, mm-hmm. half dying and half alive. Yeah, so like the crux of the content for season six could be this whole Cheryl witch mm-hmm. thing, and like if you. He puts all of his ideas that he didn't get to make with chaos because it got canceled Mm -hmm. into this, then I wouldn't be surprised. Yes, but I'm also reminded of all of the stuff that happened with, like, Cheryl being a chimera and stuff like that, and, like, all of the advertising for that that ended up being, like, nothing. And so I'm like, 
And like, fine, so be it. I'm excited either way, you know? Sure. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. And thank you to our lovely roommate, Emily, for hanging out in her room while we recorded this. We appreciate her so much. It's true, we do. If you're so inclined, please leave us a review, you know, wherever you're listening to this, Apple Podcasts. We like reviews and uh, we need them for algorithms, Hmm. so. If you're a fan of The 100, we have talked about that show Mm -hmm. as well. We've done it. We've done it. Uh, And we're currently covering season three because we felt like it. And um, go check it out. Yeah. Uh, if you're a fan of Lost, we talk about that show too. We are in the back half of season three. Um, that podcast is our longest. It has guests and, um, it is spoiler free until a spoiler section at the end. So you can watch along with us for the first time. And I would be so thrilled because it is my favorite show and also one of the best shows of all time. She's right. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show too. I think it's our most underrated podcast and you should go listen to it. Mm-hmm. She's right. We are almost completely done. We have like one episode left to come out. Mm-hmm. That's it. And then we're caught up. I'm so proud of us. You can follow the aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Rebble, YouTube, but mostly Twitter, and Robin makes gifts of our favorite line awards on Tumblr. It's true. Like I said earlier, our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because ugh, it is expensive what we do, and uh, we would really appreciate it. If you can't do Patreon, check out choppylips.com. If you can't do either of those, recommend us to a friend. We'd really appreciate that. Even if that friend is you, if you only listen to this one, check out some of our other podcasts. Yeah. Thanks. You're the best. <laughs> and, and why not? You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me on Twitter at, at Sam Casey's, which is S-A-M-C-A-S-E-Y-S. So the name of the finale episode, which by the way is episode 519, so we are once again going with 19 episodes instead of 22 this season. I can't complain. The episode is called Riverdale colon, R-I-P, and then in parentheses, question mark. The syntax here is very weird. Riverdale, colon, R-I-P, and then with a question mark in parentheses. No, I'm I'm looking at it. I'm just like, what? (laughs) Honestly, like, this came up on the wiki as the title, like, weeks ago, and I was like, oh, maybe that's wrong, and someone will fix it, and they're, like, confused. You know, they're just like, oh, maybe that's not what it's called. I don't know. That's why there's a question mark. But it seems like that's the name of the episode. Maybe they maybe they won't put out the actual name until tomorrow, mm-hmm. but or until Wednesday next week. But I don't know because like even TV promos has that as the title. Like it's I so weird. I just don't know. I'm like, is it about the town being unincorporated? Like Riverdale is dead? Oh, maybe probably. But like Riverdale, that already happened. Yeah, exactly. Or it's like Pops is gone or maybe- now. So. Now Riverdale doesn't exist? Question if, mark? If they get rid of Pops and the, the kids have to make a difficult decision about living here or whatever, what is your show then? Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the crux of the show is that we have to stay in Riverdale and, and keep Riverdale alive. And how do I even pronounce this this title? Riverdale. R.I.P.? Mm? <laughs> or is it Riverdale? R.I.P.? I think actually you'll find it's Riverdale Rip. Yeah, Riverdale, Riverdale Rip. Rip. Mm? Which is the sound of a question mark. <laughs> <laughs> The question mark is is because the peace is what's questionable. Oh. Rest in peace. Rest in peace? I hate you guys. (laughs) How are we to know? This is a terrible title for a finale. Yes, it is. Or in general. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye.